Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming out of SideQuest Studios, this is the Simpsons Index, episode 84. Hello out there, I am your host, Elliot J. O'Neill, and joining me tonight in the studio is returning guest Michael Pishinari. Hello. And here as always, except when he's not, BT Calloway. Hello in here. And thank you guys for joining me for The Simpsons Index, the podcast where we watch and review three episodes of The Simpsons at a time, but there's a catch, a twist, a thingy-ma-bob. Each episode must come from a different decade. Nice. <laughs> what do thank we watch you. first? <laughs> <laughs> we watch an episode from the HD era. We go newest to oldest, and we just watched season 28, episode 22, Dogtown. That is actually a good description of the episode as well. Mm-hmm. It was Dogtown. It was first released in May of 2017, and it was directed by Stephen Dean Moore, written by J. Stewart Burns. In this episode, a weird court ruling um, makes sure that dogs can run Springfield now. I don't know what the fuck happened. Guys, what'd you think? <laughs> I also don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> this, this felt like a Treehouse of Horror episode, actually. Right. Yeah, very yeah. parallel universe to what should be real. It was, you know. Yeah, it did not feel like it suited the canon of the actual <laughs> Simpsons. No, that is a good point with the Treehouse of Horror. This is so bizarre. And the reasoning that the dogs take over Springfield is so fucking tenuous. Like, yeah. My, my big last note on this one, you have to imagine a good eye roll where this is also lame. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, even these concept episodes could be cool, but much like the Futurama one where all the fucking uh, nuclear bunnies take over or whatever it is. What, the cats? No, no, the Futurama one where, like, Bart's DNA uh, and the bunny DNA. Yeah, sorry, you mean the Simpsons episode of Futurama. I thought yeah, you meant yeah. the Futurama episode of Futurama. Oh, yeah, with the cats and the... Yeah, yeah that one's hilarious. That's an excellent, excellent later series episode of Futurama, which we will cover on the Futurama Index in... Sometime the, in the future. In the year 3018. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's start off with the questionnaire, guys. For better or worse, what is a moment from this story that stood out to you? We'll start with you bt all right i'm gonna see if i can find something positive to say because it's a lot of muck of gonna say when quibby's all like ah this new dog law will put springfield on the map the other guys yeah why aren't we on the map Mm. i got a laugh out of that they did kind of shoot it in the leg with well they just don't know what state we're in was like yeah i really liked it as the the counter to that old expression that'll put us on the map like yeah why aren't we there yeah they um do this thing of yeah countering old expressions and Mm. They do this again later, where Santa's little helper is tired and slumps through the doggy door, and Homer tries for fucking too long yeah. to get Snowball 2 to claw him in so he can say, look what the cat just dragged in. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad Lisa and Bart were like, they were almost like the audience. They just yeah, had yeah. this look like, ah, really? Okay, yeah, okay fine. Good. Yeah, because you don't know what he's doing for ages either. He's just like... What are you doing to that poor cat, to that poor dog? I yeah. thought it was because of the laws that he couldn't touch the dog. Yeah, I thought yeah. he was trying to like set up an adorable internet photo or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you need to make your fucking intentions clear, goddammit, Simpsons. <laughs> Actually, no, sorry, on that, I know I've already spoken, but I think we really need to talk about how this has a double introduction and how utterly confusing that was. Oh, yeah. So they front load it with the couch gag, and yep. then... The Simps- then the Simpsons through the clouds, and we were all like, oh, I, I guess the totally legal download we have has fucked up a little bit. Yeah. And then, no, no, this is just going from the clouds into the episode when Homer's driving. It was just really, really disorienting to have the couch gag, then the titles, but the episode has actually started. It's like, 
one or the other. Don't do both. I know. Like, what was their attitude? Like, oh, let's not throw out the baby with the bathwater. Like, it's actually really clever of them to do a um a Simpsons title sequence going into the episode. Yeah, I'm for that. It's just it was so confusing because it started with a couch gag. Get yeah. rid of that couch gag and you'll be fine. <laughs> I think they wanted to shock people because they were like, this episode's not not going to do too well, so uh, let's start off with a bang. Yeah. yeah. Just give them the couch gag straight away. Well, yeah, it was a really long couch gag as well, wasn't it, with the Everest climbing and all that. Yeah, I just yeah. like to imagine someone, like a producer just kind of walks in, cigar hanging out of one mouth, he goes, guys, we're going to shake things up. Tell you what, we start with a couch gag. Then we go to Gracie <laughs> saying shh. Then, end of the episode, beginning of the episode, middle of the episode, then the title sequence. <laughs> Go. That sounds more interesting than what we actually watched. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so how about you, Michael? What's a moment from this episode that stood out to you for better or worse? Yeah, like with the chalkboard, the Taylor Swift reference there. Twenty. Yeah. yeah. What was it? 28 years and we and we love her or some, no, some something shit like, like that. Yeah, it's like, thank you for the last 28 years, oh, yeah, dot, yeah. dot, dot, Taylor Swift. So yeah, this is season 28. So yeah, it was also the season finale. So I think they're doing a joke on they've been alive for 28 years. They must have started in the same year as Taylor Swift was born. I think they realized that was like, <gasps> yeah, well, I, I yeah. thought they were trying to say like, oh, she, you've been great for like 28 years. And it's like, what? You know what? I think they're trying to gear up to have a Lisa goes Taylor Swift ah. episode. Oh, like to Lisa remind gets her. Swift. <laughs> Lisa gets Swifty. Yeah, a little bit of a sneak preview of a Taylor Swift episode. Yeah. yeah. Look, I can't roll that out. Yeah. I just like to th- think of this writer's room going, guys, guess what started the same year we did? Yeah. <laughs> Tay Tay. <laughs> <laughs> And 10 years after the Smashing Pumpkins song. Uh, So the moment from the story that stood out to me was Dr. Exposition. Yeah, I wrote him down as Professor Expositions. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what his qualifications were other than giving exposition. It was apparently a vet who just, we went to twice just to explain what was going on. It's like, we, why? Yeah, he does the grim warning and then a scene and then afterwards he was like, oh, I told you so. And it's like, you told us so like a minute ago. Yeah, well, not only that, he's telling the whole town, oh, I told you so. And Quimby's like, yeah, we should have listened to you. It's like, you didn't even talk to him. <laughs> it was just the police. Yeah, just a complete waste of Michael York, who you might know as Basil Exposition from Austin Powers. That's who it was. It is a complete waste of him. And it's such a very distinct voice. Yeah. Yeah. Can we just get him to, like, read the good news every day? Just be like, (laughs) hello, everyone. Today, some puppies frolicked happily. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I feel good. (laughs) Elliot J. O'Neill likes this. (laughs) So, Play Count, have you guys seen this episode before tonight? Nah. No. Yes, I have seen it once, and, you know, if it wasn't for this project, I would have deleted it the fuck off my hard drive. Yep. That I, and the, I, legal the, the legal download. The legal download folder that Let's I've make got. Back to it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, haven't seen this that much. Do not intend on watching it again if I can avoid it. But uh, let's talk about the wackiness of this episode, which will take up the bulk of our conversation. Oh, my, yes. Where do we even begin? Like, one of my big problems with the whole dogs taking over town thing is it's the dogs were just behaving like people. Mm. And that just sort of seemed to be the majority of their jokes is dogs doing people things. Yeah, it was just it was less of a pack mentality. They basically just became a gang. Mm. Mm. But wasn't it cute when the dog was riding a horse <laughs> <laughs> off into the what sunset? The fuck was that? They were just like, what? You know, like I reckon you could take a lot of funny visuals from this, but just yeah, as a package, as a story, it just it was just so bizarre. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know what? They have three Planet of the Ape movies to draw from now. 
or like 40 if you include the old ones. Yeah. Just pull something <laughs> from that. Yeah. But again, it just, that just feels like a Treehouse of Horror then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or an episode of Rick and Morty. I don't know, both. But if you condensed it into like a 10-minute segment rather mm. than a whole episode, maybe, a, you know what I mean? Like it probably yeah, wouldn't feel as convoluted either. We already did that with dolphins. I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they shouldn't do it, but I'm just saying, yeah, if, if you you're going to, l- yeah. if you're going to do it, at least try and make it non-canon. Yeah. Well, yeah, because that's it. Like, because you just start wondering, why are you doing this? Are you doing this just so you can have all those multitude of montage jokes, like the taquito dog, the little chihuahua, as well being the alpha, like because he's small, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had a problem with like I thought it was Bumblebee Man's dog. Millhouse has a lot of upsa. Yep, yeah. <laughs> Continuity, they think that we would notice. We noticed. We noticed. But yeah, like I said before, the whole court case. So how does it start out? Yeah, Homer's trying to decide which to hit with his car. Yeah, he's following his GPS, which keeps sass talking him for some reason. They're oh, that was fucked. Weird GPS jokes there. And then, yeah, he takes a turn and he can't stop for some reason. And uh, then he's got to choose if he hits Santa's little helper or Old Gill. Yeah. And he hits Old Gill. And uh, what's yeah. weird about this start is as well, they don't talk about Santa's little helper is like their dog for the first bit. Homer's like, oh, do I hit a dog? And yeah, not, I was oh confused. shit, that's my dog. Yeah, I was like, are they are they aware they're using the same character model for a yeah. random dog as well? Yeah, it was odd. So it's sort of like the episode setting up this thing, like trying to boost up old Gil as well, because... Yeah, he's the one in the court case. Like, well, how do you guys think I played out? Very, like, convoluted and just... Yeah, like, uh, it didn't really feel like Gil either. Mm. No. It didn't feel like his character at all. I like the idea that he's finally got a big break in the sense he finally gets to sue someone. But that was just so played... It just wasn't played enough and there was nothing... I don't know, he just... Yeah, it didn't feel like Gil, weirdly enough, for the very short amount of time he was on there and the very little character he has. It was just... Yeah. Yeah, and his his whole like arc as well gets ruined anyway. Mm. Yeah, with that ending. Yeah, Marge, who like, why did she have to be involved with this? Yeah, ends up saving the day and taking away old Gil's thunder. And the town isn't even behind Gil when he's coming to save the day, like I said they'd be anyway. So yeah, well he had to stop for that egg salad sandwich that we had to hear about. Ugh. Yeah. And it's this ruins my playlist of uh, TV episodes that mention egg salad sandwiches. <laughs> so far, it's Futurama in the Worms episode. Yep, it's a great episode. <laughs> I would still buy every egg salad from every servo until I get those worms. Yeah, I've, I've helped you throw up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, another weird thing on this episode, in terms of wacky, but in terms of production wacky, is how many times they use this kind of overly dramatic, kind of spooky music. Like, there's one where they're going to visit Gil in the hospital. The music is like... Like, yeah what that doesn't make sense why is this a thing that's happening right now yeah it's because it's not like the dogs ever are really a threat to the people no Marge literally just punts one easily and that was fine it's jesus like, she punts that dog. oh yeah but then immediately goes no it's fine i love dogs see don't ride in people <laughs> and like, oh i'm sorry all is forgiven yeah exactly. yeah all good Oh, and then Gil picks up the dog at the end, which makes you feel bad for Millhouse because that's his fucking dog. <laughs> and they go for this like Twilight Zone-esque ending where yeah. like, oh, is this Chihuahua going to start another revolution or something further down the track? <sighs> <sighs> We're going to get another part, a yep. two-part of <laughs> Dogtown 2. <laughs> <laughs> Springfield's got to the dogs. Again. <laughs> Who let the dogs out? <laughs> Oh, and what about Crazy Cat Lady's involvement? Let's uh, get to the one person who knows how to fight dogs. 
leads it to a cemetery and goes, I have to leave now. Yeah, none of that. Let's find the one person who knows how to fight dogs is the woman who throws the dog's natural prey at them. Yeah. It's like if someone was throwing, you know, fortune cookies at me. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's stop. I mean, don't stop, but also stop. Just yeah. give me the cookies. <laughs> yeah, would, a, would a person that, like, throws cats at people, like, as psychotic as she is, mm. really be afraid of going into a cemetery? No, and I appreciate she wouldn't be afraid of it, but I want, like, let's see some things where she's just pegging cats at dogs while they're coming launching. <laughs> that would at least be funny. Like, one of them growls, takes a launch, just throws yeah. a cat and just lands at its mouth and it's yeah, it immediately starts choking or something. Well, yeah, because- I don't know, something. Well, anything like that, because they're effectively avoiding their own setup, which was, yeah. she's going to defeat them, and then all she does is lead Bart and Lisa to a cemetery. Like, there is no point to it, and it's not even worth it for the subtitle joke of, oh, I can take you no further, my friends. Yeah. And too many subtitle jokes like that. One that you said <laughs> at the end of the revolution. Too many subtitle jokes. Sorry, just above that, I have another bit of wacky I want to bitch about. Yep. So they're having this town meeting. It's like, okay, we're going to repeal all the laws that made it safe for dogs to take over this town. Oh, well. And then there's two dogs in a trench coat in the back that run out. And it's like, oh, no, the dogs have seen the meeting. Yeah. What? Oh, dear. They've, they've infiltrated us. It takes a special kind of show to ruin a trench coat gag. I know, especially with dogs. It's like, and it doesn't even come to anything. If at least they'd then gone back and communicated it or something. It would have been dumb, but at least it would have been consistent. But now it just, it just happens. Yeah. And there's nothing around it. Might as well have just had them in like a little flower van outside with like, you know, this yeah. FBI tracking audio <laughs> recording material. Yeah. yeah. You could totally do that. Yeah. Federal Buck Institution or whatever. There we go. <laughs> Like, if you're going to have dogs acting like people, like, yeah, have them operate high covert uh, surveillance. Yeah, I mean, why? At least it might be more entertaining. And then just the fact that nothing came of it, I was just kind of sitting there, oh, okay. Sure. Yeah, because other than that scene with Homer, we never saw the dogs being an actual threat to people. We just sort of see them taking advantage of. Did we get a montage at all? Well, we get a montage of, like, the dogs in the casino yeah. and then the one stealing the meats from the thing and then Luigi gets caught in the people catcher van. But that's when everything is okay and mm. it's not when the dogs have taken over. So, yeah, when the dogs are taking over, yeah, you get this bit with Chalmers just firing rounds out of the window inside the school and all that. Yeah. Whoever wrote this episode really doesn't like dogs. Jay Stewart Burns. I did want to <laughs> ask who wrote this one because I feel like there's a more interesting story behind... The, the, this episode in terms of how it was written because I feel like Jay Stewart Burns it was maybe a child that was ra- raised by an Amiga 64 <laughs> yeah. and it's just typing in computer what is comedy and it's like unexpected <laughs> happenstance but what is feeling <laughs> does not compute I see I will be a comedy writer <laughs> what is story error <laughs> <laughs> pretty much some stuff happens then it stops happening mm. so yeah just a quick other wacky moments yeah the whole groundskeeper willy thing so yeah dogs are now people and groundskeeper willy is now a dog <laughs> yeah it was dumb so yeah we saw an episode uh the uh, oh yeah what to expect when bart's expecting when groundskeeper willy is being the nude model for all the kids art class yeah let that sink in man <laughs> yep wow. come children paint oh, this nude man. scottish man so yeah they've just got an obsession with having a nude willy because <laughs> they're all just trying to call back to as nearly a hound man in the world can outrun a greased Scotsman. Mm. But it's not the same. It's not the same, people. But he wasn't naked in that anyway. Yeah, I know. He was just greased. <laughs> they're forgetting the grease. That's the key component. <laughs> That's the money maker. Grease makes the money. It's also the word. And yeah, it's just stupid. And how he gets returned to Skinner at the end to scratch. Oh. <sighs> 
Why is any of this happening? <laughs> I have more of these. These keep going. Yeah, other wackiness page. Okay, uh, when Lisa and Bart are imagining what it would be like if Homer gets sent to prison, for some reason they imagine they're going to go to foster homes, even though Marge is still around. Yeah. And Lisa goes into the past, for some reason. Her foster mm-hmm. home is in, like, the 18th century. It's like, <laughs> why? And then Bart, in his fantasy, Bart is selling his kidneys because he doesn't realize he needs both of them to live. But then the fantasy continues and he's dead. So real life Bart knows you need two kidneys to live, but fantasy Bart doesn't. And it's just... Uh, it's I carumba! <laughs> Don't have a cow, man. Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe they actually did that. A fucking I carumba. They had a couple of these cutaway gag sort of style things, and it's just so off point for The Simpsons. Mm. And, and yeah, when they're really toothless like that and, like, have no internal logic and are just jumping to shit for no reason. Because, yeah, Lisa's fantasy sequence, like, oh, and here's your tutor, some writer. and Yeah. Maybe if Bart had the flashback in the past, it would have been, like, at least because Bart's a bit of an idiot. Like, yeah. it would have yeah. made a bit more sense. Yeah, it's like, if someone's ever told him, oh, if you could live anywhere, where would you live? I'm like, I don't know, maybe uh, Dinosaur Age? Yeah. yeah. You know, something like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go with my new foster parents, the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, did you have any other wacky moments from this episode? Oh, boy. Like, Milhouse's dad just kind of, like, lies down and, like, reveals his belly to the chihuahua. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just uh, shitting on Kirk jokes. Like, it's sort of an interesting angle, I guess, in that that is the thing where all the dogs are realizing, oh, we do have a a cowardly human amongst us, you know, now we rule. But also, fuck this story. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, there's a lot of wackiness. We're going to keep circling that point, but just to plow right along with the Mm -hmm. questionnaire, the heart of this episode. Continue (laughs) plowing. Oh, but Marge is like, I love dogs. After punting one (laughs) further than the lard lad punted that dog that one time. That was the heart. She loves to kick dogs. (laughs) Yep. Who cares about kicking them? Yeah, yeah. be like, I love dogs. Look at the range I got on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how Bart and Lisa realize that's yeah. why we love our mum, because yeah. she kicks dogs. <laughs> I'd start behaving if I was them by now. Yeah. Like, that's Jesus a good Christ, point. I'm going to get punted if I misbehave. Be entirely fair, given the size and rough weight of a chihuahua, Marge be playing football with a <laughs> kick like that. Holy crap. Fucking A. So, another question that we're going to plow along through. Did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Move along. Nothing to see here. (laughs) Whatever that thing was out there that I watched, that was not The Simpsons. Well, yeah. I mean, we can say the show as a whole, its internal logic and its results are just so stupid. But, like, the characters themselves, at least, were behaving like themselves. I mean, the things they were forced to say didn't fit them, but they weren't a betrayal of their characters, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, like, Homer... Felt a bit too dumb. Yeah, it was just too There's that stupid. thing where Santa's little helper is eating his car cushions, so he starts eating dog food. Uh, how did Santa's little helper even get in the car? That's what uh. I was curious of. Did he leave the window open? That was <laughs> dogs rule now, man. They can play <laughs> poker. They can assume Marge kicked him through the window. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, I mean, there is a sophisticated way to do a good dog food joke. Like, when yeah. Yeah, Homer's talking about you can eat so much dog food, your tears are like dog food, your dog will come home, or yeah. you can go find your dog. Oh, I nearly had him eating dog food. <laughs> or, or when Bart makes uh, America balls for the yeah. school something, and they're made out of dog food, and Homer goes, ooh, America balls. That was great. Yep. But, yeah, this was a bad dog food joke. And, oh, and when he's ranting about doggy heaven, oh, my God. 
<laughs> do you guys remember that mm. bit at all? No, oh, he has fingers, human fingers. Yep. How do you yeah. know so much about dog heavy? Because I died for five minutes and went there by accident. Did you just get off my case. Which, in a better episode, I might have liked that back and forth a bit more. Cause yeah, but I, mean, I, I do like anything where parents get backed into a corner because they get to ask so many questions about the shit they're making up. Oh yeah, but um, the way it's presented here just didn't didn't click. Is it just me, or do the voice actors feel like I don't know? They got this energy in this episode, like they've just given up on this show. I mean, oh, yeah. that's where I felt. That's why I felt like oh, some of the jokes like would have worked in earlier yeah. episodes, but here they're just very awkward. That's yeah, a pretty good it's, point. It's not because like, they're flat. They're still energetic, but it's the wrong kind, and they're not emphasizing things correctly. It's, yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. It's it's off. It's weird. Yeah, yeah well, Marge just... Uh, I want to use a nicer word, but she just sounds haggard at this point. Like, oh yeah, uh, yeah, we all know Julie Kavanagh's throat has got to be killing. <laughs> yeah, like she's done more work than most metal singers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you tried doing that for twenty-eight years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How old is she? Do you know? Uh, gotta be in her seventies by now. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna quickly check because now I'm curious. Yeah, but yeah, mo- most of them, like when they started, Simpsons were like in their late twenties, early thirties. Mm-hmm. It's actually. Mm-hmm quite amazing like a lot of them have been able to keep up at all 67 fuck doing the growls of a 30 year old metalhead for nearly half your life yeah (laughs) Mm. (laughs) she was actually one of the tracy ullman originals like that came over from that show to the simpsons wow yeah it's sort of weird she started out her career as like really in front of the camera and now she avoids interviews at all costs and Hmm. interesting yeah, we didn't like how Gil felt in this episode either. That yeah, it's sort of weird when you hinge a plot on one of these sort of B characters that are normally only there for a line or two. Yeah, especially yeah. Gil, who's there just to be the eternal foible, or the was it the schmozzle or the schmiel? Yeah, oh, he's both. He's yeah. definitely a Jerry. Yeah, Mm-mm. but just to hang an entire episode on that one guy who's good for about a scene mm. usually doesn't work. Well, even then, they have like I feel like they have the right thing where there's a court case where he should be the obvious winner but even then he's still a mm-hmm. loser yeah and then he's gonna redeem himself when the town realizes they've set a bad precedent like i kind of like all that but none of the material was good around it i was just gonna say i feel like we didn't feel any sympathy for gil and that yeah. was kind of the problem is that even though you got hit by a car I didn't give a shit about him. Yeah, for some reason. I suppose that was part of the problem. We only ever saw him trying to win the case, but never actually felt for him at all. Yeah. Because yeah. he was acting like such a prick after, like, oh, I'm just going to see you, or ka-ching. Yeah, pretty much. The first thing he says is, ah, oh, can I scratch your husband? Because he's the lucky lottery ticket I've been waiting for. And it's yeah. like, you know, let's see him as a human being who needs to win yeah. rather than mm. someone who wants the money. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Yeah, uh, we should feel bad that his new home is going to be his sister's washing machine box, you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah, they just play it for laughs and they skew so heavily into this pro-dog agenda that... (laughs) And then they they just milk certain parts, like when they carry Homer out of the courtroom and he runs over Gil three times and just just keeps going and you're like... Oh, the trampling scene. And uh, Oh, because I forgot my charge of, why does the town have to go with you? Yes. That's what you do when you're carrying someone. Why did he bring his charger to court? Oh, they were carrying him, right. Yeah. yeah. Makes it slightly better, but not good. But yes or no, would you watch this episode again? No. 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 <laughs> no. Nice. <laughs> All right. But BT, what would you like to change about this episode? Most things. Yeah. <laughs> it's nearly a teardown, complete rebuild. There's maybe some fun to be had from this if they were just having fun with it, but it just feels like dominoes and it's about as entertaining as just watching a line of dominoes Mm. that's it 
Yeah, pretty much. Uh, how about you, Michael? Uh, any obvious changes you can see? Not really. I mean, like, the most obvious thing would be, as I said, like, make it a Treehouse of Horror episode. Mm-hmm. Sure. Condense it a bit more. Make Gil, as we said, a bit more sympathetic. Maybe explain to the audience why is it so important that, like, he's struggling and he has mm-hmm. no money. Maybe, like, maybe the Simpsons took him back home or something or they dropped him off and they felt guilty because he had nothing tell you what because there's a scene where quimby fires the dog catcher because under these new laws make gil the Uh, dog catcher so he had shut on again he loses uh, the case and then he loses his job and then when he has a redemption arc he can come back and say ah so you do need me after all there there's your freaking arc yeah absolutely i mean there's parts of me that think that this isn't a total teardown there's things that can be salvaged i like the idea that the dogs are taking over and seeing them doing people things is like a fun animation thing but i actually really would have liked to see them play a bit more with like the more charming aspects of dogs getting annoying Hmm. like constant fetch constant fetch yeah dogs you can't walk outside without five dogs dropping a tennis ball at your foot poop everywhere (laughs) and be like yeah make it like illegal to stop the game of fetch first Mm. because that's how pro dog they are (laughs) it's like no i have to get to where oh fine no you have to drop it first if he walks away with it do i have to have to keep playing all right or and yeah have these things where all the businesses are now required to have a a bowl of bickies and water out for the dogs at all times and then like the dogs get dependent on it and then they get rabid because they're deprived of food or something i just thought like uh of a good idea like yeah what we were saying about them shitting everywhere right like (laughs) if they shit in the worst places like in the middle of the church and like the priest and that they <laughs> yeah. can't clean it up so yeah. They walk around it, yeah, yeah so they just go through sermons with the shit like in the middle of the <laughs> church yeah well maybe um they're all eating only dog biscuits and there's like a they're on a sugar high and that's why they're extra feral or something oh uh, yeah yep. yeah i don't know i'm assuming dog biscuits have sugar during them i don't know uh, i'm mm. kind of liking your shit town idea though <laughs> <laughs> shit town <laughs> gotta live gotta live gotta live shit town <laughs> Gil can clean the shit after and that can be his redemption that's yeah. right he's, he's the shit cleaner guy <laughs> the town poop scooper yeah. so that way he's still pathetic but also yes. important exactly because I think you need to also explain why there's this amount of dogs that like I have a scene where dogs from neighbouring towns catch wind on the midnight bark or whatever it is from 101 Dalmatians. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, yeah, Springfield is the new hotspot for dogs, so dogs from other towns are coming over. Yeah. And then that could be a conflict where, yeah, residents are Shelby all like, hey, you're stealing our dogs. And, no, no, they have people come around and like drop them off and then they don't want to leave and the people ah. leave and leave the dogs and you get more and more dogs. Mm. And with more dogs, mm. more shit. Yeah. <laughs> or have like the cats get jealous that like the laws are yeah. serving them, but they the cats still have no rights or something. I don't know. Something. <laughs> something. Anything but this. Anything but this. <laughs> Guest stars. So aforementioned Michael York, who did what he could, I will say. And Kevin Michael Richardson was playing the Simpson lawyer at the start. And that was just a nothing appearance. And then he mm. was this uh, news opinion guy. Yeah, whose animation was really weird. Like... I don't know how to explain it, but it just looks odd. You guys seen This Is America by Childish Gambino? Yeah. Kind of reminded me of the opening few seconds of that. Wow. No one got shot in the head. (laughs) No, but you know how he's doing all those faces that are meant to be visual representation of old caricatures? I'm just saying, The Simpsons animated a black man differently than they animate all their other characters. Well, it it felt like it was a caricature of something I was supposed to know, but I don't know it. I don't know. Maybe there's a person out there that's like that on a as in a guest show, I don't. I just don't know what they're referencing if they're referencing something. 
But yeah, like when they did uh, Aslan in the yeah, Surfsons that episode. same kind of weird, like overly curved animation. I don't know how mm. to explain it. It's very like every line is very soft. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know an animator, but something a little weird about it. But yeah, I- I'm like saying, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. bad move <laughs> from them. Like it, it looks bad. I don't know if that was their intention, but it looks bad. <laughs> I'm going to assume this is a person that does go on a lot of news and that's what they're parroting. And I just have no idea who that is. Yeah. But that it looked removed from Simpsons yeah, style is, is where bad, no I say what. that's where yeah, yeah, yeah. the offense comes. So, musical moments. We had Lisa B flat to C sharp to. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Sorry, that was I'm also. I'm a musician what... and I hated that joke. Yeah, that was also one of my Jordan Taylor colors because uh, she doesn't mention the note duration, just what it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we're talking crotchet, quaver, full note, semi brief. <laughs> so, what'd she say it was? It was B flat to. Just B flat to C sharp, just the, the full tone step. I think that was her melody. <laughs> They did that joke in the movie, and it was like, okay, we get it. Did they at least write it down or something? Yeah, oh, she okay. wrote it down. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of liked that because, yeah, they're on the other side of the dome, and yeah. he's playing the guitar. She can't hear it, and he mm. writes it. She's yeah. a musician. She can, Yeah, that's fine joke, but this, like, yeah, lame. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Queen at the end. Oh, uh, yeah, best friend. Yeah. Way to take a song <laughs> written about the keyboardist's wife and turn it into something about, you know, dogs. Mm, I get yeah. it, but still. Try and sugarcoat a shitty episode with a really mm. good song. Actually, I think it was the bass player. It, it was one of the two members of Queen that don't matter. <laughs> no, no, I kid. Fucking. Um, you know, Queen, listen to this. <laughs> God damn it, man. As does the Queen. Big fan. No, nah, Majesty. No, nah, I'm being mean. Yeah, all members of Queen are amazing musicians, and I am actually looking forward to Bohemian Rhapsody coming in theaters this October. What the hell is that? Like hmm, a musical... Oh, yeah, yeah. Queen biopic. Oh, oh right. Who's, who's okay. playing? Uh, Mr. Robot, the kid. Okay, wow. Emil Raimi? Raimi right. M- Malik? Sorry, my problem is with Mr. Robot. All I know about that show is it's about pale people wearing hoods. <laughs> like, there's no other promo material other than the main guy wearing a hoodie. And it's like, what is this show about? What What do you do? I have no idea. <laughs> well, I'm hooked. <laughs> Rewrite the encryptions. I'll get my hoodie. <laughs> yeah, would you even know that based on the promo material? I know it's got something to do with hacking, but it's just hoodies. Like, okay. Yeah. You could have told me that was a clothing brand of hoodies. I would have believed it. Mm. Bad advertising, Mr. Robot. Bad, <laughs> bad advertising. Sponsored by hoodies. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, uh, that's the uh, last thing I'll say about the music moments is that it's a really obvious music cure. And there's plenty of dog songs out there. You could have picked any. And nah, nah. Who, who let the dogs out? There's a better one. Who? Mm. And they never find out, actually. The crime has gone <laughs> unsolved. Security guard. <laughs> all along Michael do you have any other notes it was interesting that they didn't really explain how Santa's little helper got to the alleyway mm. but I mean that's not really that's just blah that's just random well no that's tying into what we were saying is that you don't actually have a sense that this is Santa's little helper at the start yeah. because they mm. talk about him so removed like they, Homer doesn't say my dog mm. until the courtroom and yeah so uh, no, totally valid I noticed the Simpsons tapped out app on Homer's phone. Yeah, yeah, nice little bit of meta thing going on there. <laughs> you know, actually, I think, um, oh my God, the character that I said was uh, Captain Exposition was uh, played by the guy who played Basil Expl- Exposition. <laughs> <laughs> 
oh, how did that only just click? Mm. Uh, it, this is something that we found in another episode where around this time where Tapped Out was really popular, it seemed like the Simpsons creators were making new characters in the show just to have in the app mm-hmm. because oh, yeah, they'd already yeah. sort of gotten all the characters that they had possible. It's like, oh, shit, we need to have some new ones. So people keep buying the donuts to buy them little JPEGs. Mm-hmm. I say that, yet I was one of those people. Anyway, BT, do you have any other notes? I have another quick... Jordan Sander Corner! Jordan Sander Corner! Uh, where the court sketch artist uses the same short piece of chalk to draw both the colouring in and the black border outline. I mean, what are we supposed to believe? This is some kind of magical piece of chalk? Yeah, because like, not only that, he's like using it to draw two-tone things at once without yeah. full outlines and shading yep. and everything. Ridiculous. I kind of like the line of when Wiggum's all in the dog-proof suit and Lou's like, why don't I get one? Because like, I smell like lamb, Lou. Yeah. I like because they didn't hang on it too long. Like, I eat a lot of lamb. So I don't know, just, just had him exclaim, I smell like lamb and moved on. Yeah, so, that's a good point because of all the Wiggum and Lou moments where they're doing the petty relationship routine. They sort of drag on so long. Yeah, and this was a quick pass. So that's good. Yeah. They just had to go for one last lame joke where all the hounds get returned to Mr. Burns and he's like, yeah. oh, thank God you're back. I had to release the June bugs. And then one flies in his ear and his skull glows and it's like, that's stupid. Yeah. And I think that puts me out of Newt's. No, wait, hang on a second. Uh, oh, hang on. To show you how lame this episode is, at one point, uh, Homer wields a dog like a gun. Like, wields a sausage dog. And I should have enjoyed that. It was kind yeah. of funny animation, but I was like, so annoyed. I literally wrote, wrote down, I should like this. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like that sequence where Homer was getting surrounded by the dogs. Oh, I kind of liked when he tried to start the parking meter as if it was his car. Yeah, no, I didn't like the scene, but I liked, I should have liked the visual gag of trying to wield a sausage dog like a weapon, but I did not. Yeah, but what about that scene where he's uh, getting attacked by the dogs? It just ties into the whole they weren't much of a threat thing. Yeah, it, well, it comes immediately after one of my notes that just says, exposition equals fuck, I don't care. <laughs> so How many you, years were in that? Uh, that was five. <laughs> it's either zero or five. Are you ready? Are you ready for rapid notes? That's actually a good intro. I'll use that. <laughs> You're welcome. Homer mentions the choice between hitting Gil or the dog, a Snoopy's choice. <sighs> oh, kids, put on your worried looks. Oh, oh, and what was the the fucking uh, Maggie yeah. thing? Maggie, I need you to look like you do when you think uh, your mother and me leave the room and you don't know if we're coming back. Where am I? Where am I? Oh, no, I'm actually lost. Where am I? Uh... Where am I? Oh, and it was followed up by another joke that was so similar where the lawyer's like, he wants everything you own. And Homer's just like, oh, no, but that's everything I own. I'm yeah. Like, Oh, that's so good. That's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and just done in that over-exaggerated Homer. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) too dumb. That's the notation of that one. (laughs) 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 The whole routine with the daughters looking in my daughter's eyes and then, oh, don't you have a son as well? And Bart coming on the nurse's outfit and then syringes home. Like, why is any of this happening? The court stenographer repeating the shitty stuff they just said. Hated that. In the same Cockney accent. Yeah. Because that's what stenographers do. Oh, yeah. Bart putting on his most sympathetic Cockney accent. (laughs) Yeah, because who doesn't love a little old Cockney, eh? (laughs) It makes him more sympathetic. It does. Take a butcher's hook at my nine iron. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know, Cockney. Fuck off. It's a stupid thing. You're doing it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, that's our accent. I'm a eighth British. I can say that. (laughs) Doesn't that conflict with your fifth Irish? They're always having an internal struggle. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's very violent. Involves a lot of alcohol. My, yeah. li- my liver is destroyed. <laughs> uh, Homer fake Wang paint color. What note was this? Uh, yeah, he's like, oh, Santa's little helper, I'm so glad I didn't run you over and uh, then have to bury you in the backyard and get a different dog and paint you the right color and then realize you're a female dog and add an extra wang for how many years dogs live. <sighs> so, yeah, we're talking a bit more about Homer over-explaining, overdoing, overstepping, and that it happens multiple times in the one episode. It's so frustrating. Mm. I liked Santa's little helper's file photo, though, where they blurred out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> him licking himself. <laughs> Yeah, I hated all of Quimby's involvement in this episode, except when he went, er, uh, arf. <laughs> Try, trying to win over the dogs. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it reminds me of his uh, Ick B9 feline, you know? <laughs> oh, I knew there was another instance where they break down an old saying where mm-hmm. Homer, in that scene where he's getting accosted by the dogs, he goes, oh, their bark is worse than their bite. And then they start barking. Oh, your bark is so horrible. Yeah, that was... I thought he was going to get bitten then. And I was yeah. ready to roll my eyes at that. And then I got... It was worse. Yeah. Uh, there. Fuck. Like, I don't know what to do with my eyes now, so I just bounced them up and down for a while. As soon as he said it, I knew exactly what they were going to do. I was like... Yep. Yeah. We see Poochie in the background at one stage. He's just, like, flailing nunchucks around. Did you guys catch that? Poochie is dead. Oh. Yes. He <laughs> died on his way back to his home planet. <laughs> Everybody knows that. This isn't some, like, death of Superman shit where he's going to be back. Hmm. And my final note is a bit of a non-note. Flanders gets his dog Boz back. Flanders actually does get a dog named Boz in a recent episode, and uh, there's a story where Homer falls in love with it. Okay. Ah. So they kept that continuity, but not the continuity of which dog Millhouse owns. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, where was his Lassa Upsa in all of this? Don't know. It's time to rank this thing! On the Simpsons Index, we rank using our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. Maybe if the episode was just meh, you give it a participant. But for the good rankings, you've got good, bronze, great, silver, excellent, gold. But for the best, of the very best, the ones that are barkingly good, you give a cubic zirconia. I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. I'm giving this one a failure. There's just so little to latch onto and... You know, a high-concept episode can be fun, Hmm. but this was not fun. It made you ask too many questions all the fucking time, and yeah, fuck it. BT, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'm also on a dead set failure. There was just so little to... If there were a couple of jokes that worked, it could have pulled itself up to a participant, but just so few of them land that it's just boring and stupid, and you don't know... Like you said, we kind of came into this, and we're like, what did we just watch? (laughs) What was that? Was it The Simpsons? I'm not sure. Oh, no. was Was it just a yellow drawing on the side of a train as it sped by i don't know <laughs> mm. all right michael what do you reckon oh yeah this is a dead set failure from me like when people they ask me you know are the new episodes really that bad <laughs> uh, this is the episode that i'm going to show them and be like yes it is fucking bad stay the hell away from it <laughs> oh that's excellent all right well that's a unanimous failure we are giving this episode the index finger well deserved <laughs> It is going into the pit of failure. And uh, coming up on a future episode of the podcast, me and BT did a special bad mm-hmm. episode, Battle Royale, where we battled some of the most failiest of failures together. 
Most failures is the best way to put that. So, joining this episode in that pit and coming up soon on a future podcast, we did Little Big Girl, Funeral for a Fiend, The Devil Wears Nada, Mo Goes from Rags to Richards, Lisa Goes Gaga, White Christmas Blues, What to Expect When Bart's Expecting, and Monty Burns' Fleeing Circus, all down there in the disgusting pit of failure. Mm. Yeah, this one deserves to be down there, and yes. it'll be the fourth episode from season 28 that's going to be down in the pit yes you go into that pit you think about what you did <laughs> season 28 will have the most unanimous failures out of any season now Ooh, nice. nice surprise and now before we move on to the teens era is that reputation justified is that reputation justified let's see dennis perkins of the av club old mate yeah he's uh he's not the soft touch from ign but he's very unpredictable isn't he yeah he gave this episode a c plus that's pretty bad for them isn't it yeah so c is like their participant failure section of it not that a b minus is good on their scale either but he says the jokes aren't good enough to sustain the premise the character elements are perfunctory and sparse and as has been the case for a few years in a row now the season finale has seemed less like an attempt to go out with a bang and more like an afterthought every time i hear hear the word perfunctory i just imagine someone in like a cravat (laughs) it sounds like a very proper word (laughs) perfunctory sorry i want to make a uh, a funk band with that name <laughs> perfunctory, yes. It's like boring funk. Oh, that's amazing. What does perfunctory actually mean? I'm not even sure. Like, yeah. Oh, uh, why don't I have dictionary on my dock? That is such. Come on, what kind of a cunning linguist do I take me for? Perfunctory, carried out without real interest, feeling, or effort. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Boring funk band. Yeah, you're, you're a funk band that doesn't syncopate. <laughs> it's just all on the one. <laughs> Tony Sokol of Dennet Geek, four out of five stars, he says. The fuck? Has he seen a good episode? <laughs> Has he just like ascended to another plane of existence when he watches like Homer at Bat or something? Yeah, like we've criticized IGN for being soft touches. Dennet Geek are just fucking insane. Get out of the fucking den. Holy shit. There was a reason I wanted to read this one. Oh, his fucking alliteration here. Dogtown panders to puppy love, yet somehow manages to mangle the mutts into a mangy mess of mischievous mayhem. Ugh. Now that's why he gave it that review, just so, just so he could do that. Yeah. Ah, uh, oh, I can tell. So, they've scaled a little higher than we did, but... That four out of five is what? insane. Yeah. It's yeah. got us our lowest rank. That got their <laughs> second highest. It's like when Suicide Squad won an Oscar. Fuck. Yeah. It did? Yeah, like costume and makeup or some shit. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now we are going back to the teens era, and Michael, we're continuing our exploration with you on uh, Krusty's Father, where we go to season 15's Today I Am a Clown. We'll be back. I wonder if clowns take over Springfield. (laughs) I want (laughs) to see that. Clown town. And we are back, and we just watched Season 15, Episode 6, Today I Am a Clown. This was first released in December of Ought 3. It was directed by Nancy Cruz and written by Joel H. Cohen. In this episode, Krusty realises he never had a bar mitzvah, and he makes a big televised bar mitzvah, and at the same time he leaves his show and Homer steps in with his own talk show or some shit. Guys, what'd you think? One bad. It's alright. Yeah. Yeah. 
It was definitely a definite step up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. From shit town. <laughs> it stepped out of the pit. We know that much already. <laughs> yeah. Um. It wasn't great either. No, it wasn't yeah. great. But you know, I got some laughs. Killed some time. Yeah, yeah had some laughs. Killed some time. I was. I think the opening is a lot stronger than the rest of the episode, which uh, like set us in a good position. But then I was a little bit disappointed. The rest of it didn't hold up. Yeah, I feel like once Krusty introduced and you get into the bulk of the story, it just sort of meanders a bit. Yeah. And doesn't really get solidly into it. And so, yeah, for the first question, for better or worse, what moment sticks out from the story, I just want to say that Homer's story, uh, his popularity seemed apro of nothing, and it was never really clear what his show was and why it was being introduced in place of a children's TV show. Yeah, I mean, I guess... The reason it was getting popular is meant to be because he's just telling it like it is. But I yeah. guess what we needed was scenes of maybe parents sitting down with their kids, like, okay, fine, we'll watch Krusty. And then Homer's on instead. Ah. And then they're like, hey, I like this. And so then you're getting mm. the parents watching maybe. Yeah, it needed a little bit more there. Well, yeah, that's it. Because it's an adult-orientated show that's on at four o'clock, which, you know, most people would be at work. So it doesn't explain why it's popular. Yeah. And I think if you had a thing where it's something the adults get and they have to watch TV with their kids or something. Mm. It'd, be, it'd be something. Yeah, you had the kids in the audience so yeah. that kind yeah. of confused me like, because the kids are going to shit on it. Wouldn't they like be getting restless and be like, this isn't for me? Yeah, or even at least have a line of, eh, it's on and that's yeah. why they're watching it maybe. Yeah. yeah, and then they do this thing where they have, yeah, the Simpsons kids being involved in the production side of the show, yeah. which is like, why are they producing an adult, an adult <laughs> show? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. How about you, BT? What is a moment from this episode that stands out to you for better or worse? I'm going to go with my negative. This one really threw me off. There's a bit where Krusty's trying to find his replacement. It's like, I need someone who's stupid and not charming. And Homer's like, oh, that's me. That's me. And then he puts a fist in his mouth and a fist in his ear. Yeah. And like all the way in. I had to, I had to write the note ear fisting. I didn't want to do that. But it's just, it's really unsettling. It's like his, his mm. hand is in his brain. <laughs> It's just... Is that what the kids are into these I days? I don't. No, like, there are easier... We don't need a visual representation that Homer is, like, gross and stupid. Yeah. Couldn't we have just burped or a, something? Anything <laughs> else. Yeah, have him scull a beer and crush the can on his head, but, like, fail to crush the can. Your hand, I can do this. Mm. I don't know. Anything other than his ear just expanding so his entire fist can fit inside his skull. Mm. What the hell? You know I'm going to be gifting that for the social media <laughs> yeah. promotion. I would imagine that's like a failed X-Men and Professor X is like, what could you do? Oh my god, that's disgusting. <laughs> oh. You're worse than oh. Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, as a way to introduce and Homer get into the talk show, it was dumb as well. It seemed like a worse version of that joke where Mr. Burns is looking for a patsy. Hello? <laughs> no, what I need now is a patsy. Hello? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Speaking of feeling a lot like another episode, the second Lisa goes, oh, you should use your position of power to... Fuck to, you. Sorry. So you, you, should, <laughs> you should use your position of power to help people. Like, okay, Stonecutters did it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and it was Lisa as well. The, uh, yep. In this story where sort of the show is successful just because... And, because he's just talking, yeah. And he kind of is like doing a sort of semi-social political platform anyway. He so. saved a little bit with a line of, eh, well, I did what Bart said last yeah. week. Yeah, I guess it's Lisa's turn. Anyway, I kind of got off track there. 
continue. No, that's fine. No, there were a lot of good jokes in this story, which sort of makes it a shame that sort of some of the story elements were a bit of a letdown. But how about you, Michael? What's a moment that stood out to you for better or worse? Uh, just the meta reference of Lisa having the Simpsons guide and just being <laughs> yeah. like, wait a minute, didn't <laughs> Santa's little helper have puppies already? And yeah. then they went into like how he was meant to be desexed. I thought that was funny. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That whole opening bit, yeah, you as the audience, and it's at that exact time that you go, hang on a minute, and then she actually pulls out the Simpsons world mm. guide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good bit of meta moment. And this comes from the part of the episode that I genuinely liked, the kids handing out the puppies and stuff. This was some good material here, I thought. Yeah, Snake just taking the dog and they're like, we want you to take it. And it's like, good. I'm going to cherish and take care of this puppy. There's nothing you can do to stop. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that alone is pretty good. <laughs> oh, and who else takes a puppy? Groundskeeper Willie. He's like, oh, he's a terrible little misfit, just like Willie. <laughs> then he's like chewing on his overalls afterwards. It's like, yeah, oh, they're going to be fine. Yeah. You're an ugly bastard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although, like, it was a bit weird about the flashback sequence where they show Homer and Santa's little helper going for a night on the town Mm -hmm. in lots of erotic dog venues. Surprise. Springfield was always a very dog-friendly place. If they had had a dog red light district, that's already being pretty dog-friendly. They can't see red. (laughs) A dog light district. The grey light district. <laughs> oh, that's all he wanted. He just missed <laughs> casual sex. <laughs> yeah, so the doggy X-rated theatre, mm-hmm. the doggy sex worker. Yep. Yeah, those were things that happened. Yes, they are. Yeah. So was that technically her pimp then? Technically, yes. Yeah. Oh, right. She's a self-made woman. She pimps out the dog. That's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, dogs have notoriously poor money handling skills. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> Makes sense. In its own ridiculous way. Trying to work in the phrase bottom bitch, or just should I avoid it altogether? <laughs> Go for it, man. <laughs> Talk about a bottom bitch. Also, the early joke of when uh, Maggie's locked in the bathroom and they're uh, trying to get her out. And it's like, Lisa, that's like, how'd you do that? I tried the coat hanger again. <laughs> I don't know why we only tried ideas once. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't mind the Maggie being trapped in the bathroom and when Homer is working the coat hanger and you're like, oh my God, that baby. Yeah, just knocks over the medicine cabinet and all the scissors and pills fall down. That's so stupid, but I love how the Pepto-Bismol leaks and he goes, baby blood. (laughs) Play count. Have you seen this episode before tonight? If so, how many times? Uh, Once, I believe. Maybe like three or four times. Oh, really? I have actually seen this episode a bit and this is one I feel that it fools me. You know, (laughs) because the intro, the first third, it starts out really good and then mm-hmm. it's not until that first act break where you actually know it's about the crusty bar mitzvah story and you're like ah you tricked me again you got me with the first good act <laughs> yeah this feels like two episodes mm. split apart like you Definitely. could have made the homer thing into a whole episode on its own and developed it more and the crusty thing with his dad yeah definitely I feel like there's a certain point where you kind of figure out exactly what's going to happen in both storylines and then you just kind of check out a bit. Yeah. Sorry, is your mic sliding down? Uh, it's, I'll fix it up. That's no, all right. I just sort of see it going Slowly. lower and you having to sort of slink for it. <laughs> to like, compensate, yeah. Happens all the time. I'm like, <laughs> it just flies everywhere. Might be that stand because Catherine was having trouble with it the other day. That's what I get for getting the cheap mic stands. That is. Need to get some of those roof hanging ones like fucking Marin's got. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Get okay. some Marin money in here. <laughs> <laughs> this show is brought to you by Stamps.com. <laughs> Going to the post office is such a hassle. Anyway. With Stamps. <laughs> uh, what the fuckers? What the fucknicks? <laughs> I listen to that show a lot. <laughs> Good show. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I've seen this episode a bit, but how about the wackiness of this episode? What were some of the wacky moments that stood out to you? Uh, Mr. T's spinning on that... Uh, the menorah. The menorah, the menorah And it had, like, fireworks and shit coming out of it. That was very wacky. And <laughs> he changes... He has, like, a fucking <laughs> slot on top of his head so he yeah. can remove the hair. The, the mohawk and replace it with the kind of... It's like Yomoka. Yeah. It's like Yonder's Finn from Guardians a of the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> now go get me the big red prototype fan. That was good. Oh, that's some guy's arm. <laughs> I am Groot. A little baby Groot. Yeah, so uh, that was weird. Uh, may as well mention the guest stars of this episode. Yeah, Mr. T, who's here for some reason. <laughs> Weirdly enough, I really liked it. I did too. Just so much on that. Okay, I guess it's Mr. T now. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's two points to t- uh, this highlights that, yeah, why wouldn't they get a Jewish celebrity to be here? But then also, I guess it's because he's doing this big over-the-top televised bar mitzvah that he's just sort of getting in the C-list tacky celebrity that... Well, hold on. Hang on. Are you checking if Mr. T's Jewish? Duh. <laughs> he's, uh, I, I will bet so much money that he's not. <laughs> He's not. No, 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 sorry. In this search, I found a website called (laughs) jewornotjew.com. Look up me. (laughs) Oh my God, that is so weird. All right, all right. I'm trying to read this. I'm just also crying with laughter. (laughs) Dude, verdict, not a Jew. In bold. This show uh. brought to you by not a Jew, Jew or not a Jew.com. <laughs> Finding out which celebrities is a Jew is so much hassle these days. Mind blown that this is even here. <laughs> so I think that's sort of what you can take away from Mr. T's appearance that, yeah, even though he wasn't a Jewish entertainer, so he's a bit out of place here, mm-hmm. that's probably the point. Yeah, I think any kind of offense that was derived from this, like the big menorah spinning around or anything like that, is that, yeah, that's the problem. He's gone and made his bar mitzvah Hollywoodized or glamorized for television instead of, you know, doing what he's supposed to do, which is follow tradition. So, yeah, I think that conflict works. Yeah. I just think they rushed to it. Yeah, it was a little bit quick. And considering how much fat there was to chop from this episode, yeah. Most of the wackiness of this episode was sort of in that section. We have a couple of weird fantasy jokes where Homer saves Lincoln from getting shot. And then JFK. Yeah. <laughs> so this comes into The Simpsons not knowing how time works. I guess. Another part of the three-part theme now. Oh, what were our other two? Santa's Little Helper and Crazy Cat Lady. Yeah, that's right. Crazy Cat Lady looks super disappointed not to get a dog. She was like... Oh, this could have been the balance in my life. <laughs> I know, I felt for her then. Yeah. <laughs> Any other wacky moments that stood out to you guys? Oh, the itchy and scratchy Briss was very creative. <laughs> yeah. What did he turn Scratchy into? Into one of those little glasses they step on during yeah. weddings. I don't know if they have a specific name. This uh, itchy and scratchy tickled me pretty well. Because like, it starts out with the caption, you know, a Briss before dying. And yeah. you're like, oh, God, how are they going to make this work? <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, the itchy then just mutilates the fuck out of Scratchy oh, yeah. with this, the scalpel. Brutal. To be fair, he's mutilating himself. 
Yeah, that's but, true. Uh, you know, why are you cutting yourself? Why are you cutting yourself? <laughs> um, and uh, uh, the pun of Mouseltoff. Or... <laughs> yeah, it's one of those so terrible you kind of love it anyway puns. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Other working moments? It's like, ah, no pork, no this, no that. Ah, this, all these rules, it's like a strip club. Yeah. And yeah, a bit of wackiness in that moment. He's eating a full mini pig on a sandwich. Yep. Snout first. Oh, <laughs> that was a bit much for me. Ah, sorry, some great little, well, not great, but some good little wackiness is like, he goes yeah. back to the old Jewish community. He's like, ah, it's just like old times. DSL! <laughs> Dehul by my high-speed internet! Brazilian works! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I got a laugh out of that. Spruiking Brazilian wax on uh, from yeah. a hairy orthodox. <laughs> hey, you don't have to be hairy everywhere. <laughs> they just leave the little curls at the side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to hell. There was actually a really good touch when he is walking down the Jewish Walk of Fame. How all the stars are the six point star of David, yeah. rather than in Hollywood, it's just like the typical five point star. Yep. Which is uh, meant to be representative of the pentagram because Hollywood is a satanic cesspool. <laughs> yeah, but what do we know? That's all run by wizards. <laughs> Wizard world conspiracy. Look it up. <laughs> so let's talk about the heart of this episode. Did you guys feel the bumps? I felt one bump. Yeah. Like right at the end with Homer telling Marge, like, oh, will you make me my Sunday? <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know why that. Yeah. Know, it was kind of cute. Like, Let's go that make your own Sunday, but will you make my Sunday? <laughs> of yeah. course. Mm. Yeah. That was Just a cute moment. Ever yeah. the strong, supportive uh, yeah. uh, for Homer to lean on. Just oh, beautiful, Marge. Yeah. And I think uh, they could have gotten a bit more out of Krusty, I think. It's mm. why we're talking about before about being rushed of... You know, have his father maybe plead with him a bit early, like, Herschel, all this is becoming so over the top, can't you? Yeah. Isn't it meant to be about, you know, he's like, but Papa, well, I'm supposed to blah, blah, blah. I don't know, give us something there. Yeah. Instead of just the conclusion at the end. Yeah, Dad, I've lost my show now. This is all I've got. And, and this like, is my big chance, you yeah. know. Oh, this is all I've got. And he's like, no, your, your faith, faith is yes. all you should need. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's great. Mm. So, yeah, just, and even just one scene. Yeah. You know, would have been enough to really build that up a bit more. Yeah, because when they're panning to Krusty's father, Rabbi Hyman, in the crowd and they do the little bit of sad music while all yep. the crowd's cheering, and that, that was a heart moment for me, but also it wasn't earned because that was like the first we'd seen of him in almost half the episode. Yeah, exactly. If it just one scene earlier where they, um, you know, set up this conflict a little bit more. Yeah, it's something that I'm noticing in these later period Simpsons is they often leave too much time between yeah. the story moments. Like, I mean, it's not that I'm going to forget after 10 minutes or, you know, you need to remind me every three but minutes or else I forget. It, it's the writing thing of threes with the setup, the reminder, and the payoff. Yeah, that's right. So we just, ha- we just have setup and payoff and there's no reminder which would give it more gravity. Mm. Or how Mario levels work where introduce the me- mechanic, advance the mechanic, and then the challenge of the mechanic. Yep. Yahoo. Thank you, that YouTube video that taught us that. Mm. <laughs> that can be applied to right. Ultimately, though, guys, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Felt yeah. like a mid-teens episode of The Simpsons, definitely. Yeah. Accurate. It felt like what it was, an okay episode. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, you know, a bit more could have been earned with a bit more effort, but what's there is definitely a cut above crap. Yeah, they almost hit the right beats, but they don't do it in the right way, but not in a way that sort of fucks up the integrity. Like we were talking about, Homer taking Lisa's advice to do the the right social thing. Mm. That is a move we've seen before in an episode we fucking love. Yep. Yeah, just not handled that great here, and 
yeah, Krusty always being a bad Jewish person. That's, yeah, classic. Yeah, I don't see much integrity that's sort of wrong. It's like it's like the integrity of the story of the show, you know. And Homer's story and Krusty's story almost have nothing to do with each other, even though they started from the same point. Yeah, they yeah. diverge very heavily. But ultimately, guys, would you watch this one again? Yeah, yeah I'd watch it one more time, maybe. Just mm. for the Mr. T stuff, to be honest, because I'll love <laughs> me some Mr. T. Yep. Yeah, uh, I mean, if it's on, I'm not. I'll just hang around. I'm not gonna seek it out in any capacity. Yeah, if it's on and yeah. we're doing the Hangover playlist, I'm yeah. definitely. Mm. Oh, it's the bar mitzvah episode. I'm going to sleep right about now, and then I set an alarm to make me up right before the Mr. T material. <laughs> yeah, I'll get my chuckle at uh, hmm, champagne or slim fast. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that really passes the time. <laughs> Let's scroll. <laughs> Let's scroll. <laughs> oh yeah, and they're like, oh, I haven't seen you since the Chevy Chase race. Yeah, we we're pretty rough on him. <laughs> 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 yeah, it almost makes me think I got Mr. T only so that they could do the turn of phrase of one is muscle bound and one is bound not to eat muscle. Mm. Yeah. Maybe watching it again. What playlist do we put it in? Mr. T heavy episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. He's been in a couple now. And uh, appearances of Hyman, Krusty's father. Yep. Oh, yeah, the other guest star for this episode, Jackie Mason. Yep. Make up with your daughter, Jackie. Come on. Stop being a cunt. (laughs) Watch that first episode you were in. Realize that was all about reconciliation and reconcile. Yeah. Take some advice from your own fiction. Uh, Any other playlists, maybe? What about uh, Homer's Occupation? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Homer Jobs. Yeah, he's in a talk show. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Musical moments. There was a completely unnecessary Ring of Fire reference at the start. Yeah, that was odd. They would have had to pay for that, so I don't know if it was worth it. And when they're doing this parody song and like Homer starts out by going da-da-da-da-da-da-da and doesn't even do lyrics for the second half and then I didn't even catch what the lyrics were. A foaming bowl of something? I don't know. Yeah, no, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pee in a foaming bowl of China. Oh, that's what he said. Yeah, it's about it. The bowl doesn't foam, though. No. So it's not a foaming bowl of China. It's like your pee is the foaming. Let's, let's not think about this too much. Can't forget the Beach Boys oh. with Jewish lyrics. <laughs> That's right. There we go. That's where the <laughs> kosher cheese was at. <laughs> Again, must be tying into this uh, bar mitzvah thing. Totally not a Jewish band. Um, but yeah, they were doing like this parody of Kokomo. Mm-hmm. Koshomo. <laughs> yeah. I'm hating myself right now. Don't worry. I am punching mm. myself in the dick. <laughs> That's not your dick. That's a table. <laughs> I know the difference. <laughs> With post-production skills, no one will be able to tell the difference. <laughs> the <else>. difference. <laughs> That's all I have to say about it. Any other comments on the Beach Boys? No. No. Good band. Yeah, yeah, totally. Pet Sounds, great album. Mm-hmm. Fucking A. And yeah, I even have a soft, sat, tacky spot for Kokomo. Oh, yeah. yeah. And for the longest time, because John Stamos is in the video for that, I thought he was part of the Beach Boys. Me too. Yeah. He's yeah. <laughs> just yeah. randomly in the background playing the drums or yeah. whatever the fuck they're called. Yeah. BT, what would you like to change about this episode? Uh, I think we've already covered it. Just focus on the story you've got there and bump up the turning points, the reminders, and the reinforcement of the, the thumps and the think pieces a little more. Yep. Definitely. Michael, any changes you'd like to make? Uh, yeah, I would just focus on one thing either. Yeah. Focus on Krusty and his relationship with his dad or focus on Homer and getting the TV show somehow, but like justify how he gets it, why he gets it, what exactly he does that's so special yeah. that makes it a success and show us that and how that comes across. 
I don't know, like when Homer like loses the show, you don't feel anything for him because it's like he didn't really earn it. He was just yeah. handed it. Mm. And then it was only because he's meant to be like yep. the part seat. It was just like first the plot giveth, then the plot taketh away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really was like that, hey. Yeah. yeah, I'll just expand on that. Yeah, split him off into two episodes and maybe even give us something more with these new puppies. Like um because crusty's dog just effectively gets forgotten once we start rolling with this story i would have liked to see the dog come up a bit more i don't know what for what reason at least be there yeah maybe he's he takes some time away from the show and it's his decision to spend more time studying up on the torah and spend more time with his new dog he's got new priorities in life and then that gives you the reason to have a show and also make Homer have a children's show it's not that far-fetched that's true why wasn't it Homie the Clown? Like I kind of thought it was going to happen when he's sitting in the chair and he gets stuck and the guys come in and pull him out of it. I thought that was going to get a laugh from the kids. Oh my God. And then mm. he was going to be more of a goofball show. Yeah. yeah that would have been good. Well, th- I guess the problem is he'd probably be good at it. At least there'd be some conflict, though, yeah. with Krusty coming back and then it's like them fighting over the show or, yeah. or something. Yep. Yeah, and the producers are like, look, he's cheaper. Your contract's like a ridiculous amount now. He's getting better ratings and we can hire for him for much less. And yeah, mm-hmm. then you have your conflict. And then even Krusty, like, that would give him the uh, impetus to get deeper into his religion because he's lost his main source of work and he's lost his inner peace or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, lots of changes you can make. All right, let's get into the final notes. Michael, what do you got? I love Homer's bear slippers. I noticed that uh, (laughs) they're in other episodes, but yeah, I always love seeing them. They look so comfy. Mm -hmm. Uh, $350 to play air hockey with a prostitute. I mean, mean a pimp. Dog pimp. (laughs) Dog pimp. (laughs) Seems a bit steep. Yeah, there's lots of nice people at Time Zone that'll surely play you for a lot less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> McBain coming up to uh, Krusty and like... Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, he made like an anti-Semitical remark yeah. or something. Because yeah. Krusty's are like, ah, oh, I thought I was a self-hating Jew, but I'm not Jewish, so now I'm just an anti-Semite. And then, yeah. Yeah, I was like, yeah. are they trying to say Schwarzenegger's an anti-Semite? Like, what are they going for there? Or is it just McBain? Because McBain's meant to be so tied to Schwarzenegger most yeah. of the time. Yeah, it feels like that's going to be the comparison they're making. Yeah. yeah, like in older episodes when Schwarzenegger did The Last Action Hero, they were referencing yeah. that with McBain. Yeah. The magic ticket my ass, McBain. <laughs> <laughs> there were script problems from day one. <laughs> I, I don't know, maybe I, I missed the new story where Arnie said some racist shit, but like, it felt like a Mel Gibson joke being given to Arnie. Like, A little bit, yeah. That's, and it was bad. It was in poor taste. Uh, I didn't like it at all. No. Any more notes? Uh, I've just got Carl like, how about some new oldies? That was good. <laughs> that was a good line. <laughs> well, as I was complaining about the other day, they're doing that now, it's, uh, except it's stuff I grew up with. It's like, no, no, I'm not ready for this to be on Classic Hits yet. No. What were you saying? There was something that I was Fucking like. Fucking Avril Lavigne was on there. Oh, that's right. Like, I remember being depressed when I tuned in one day, like 10 years ago, and they were playing the Chili Peppers under the bridge. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not there already, am I? <laughs> and now you're telling me fucking complicated is on there? Yep. Oh, God. Songs about doing heroin are now okay for oldies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, remember the heroin. Ah, oh, fond memories <laughs> of the heroin. good time. 
Mm. How about you, BT? Any final notes? Just one. So there's a scene where Marge is in the green room, I presume, and she yes. says, like, oh, my husband's successful or something like that, and her lip sync is way out, so <laughs> it looks like a definite redub of... Maybe she said something really off-colour, I don't know. Well, yeah, it looks rewritten and hastily rewritten, so something must have been, yeah. Yes, just awful happened there. And uh, that is all your notes? That is all of them. That is all your notes? Yeah, Fox Headquarters, the trailer, that's about it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I got a chuckle. (laughs) Which actually, given the uh, recent selling out of a lot of their properties, is probably not that far from the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Trailers out there somewhere. Now they've been bought out by Disney, they can afford a trailer van. Mm. Oh, actually, it's in dispute. Comcast are trying to uh, come in from under Disney because the deal isn't done, apparently, and... I don't think they're trying to get all that Disney has, but they're trying to um, at least get some of the properties. Ooh, interesting. Who will own the X-Men? Watch this space. Time for my final notes. (laughs) I'm going to read them now. Right now. (laughs) Yes, time for the final notes. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great theme song. (laughs) It's the best. Although, have you you ever heard the Japanese version? Because that's pretty good, too. Really? Oh, yeah, it's different, but it's pretty badass. Awesome. Yeah, what was with, like, yeah, mid-90s children's cartoons and having the most awesome theme music? Last week we were talking about um, why doesn't anything get a cartoon tie-in anymore. Ah, yeah. And this week, why don't kids' cartoons have just amazing theme songs anymore? Yeah, because, like, yeah, X-Men and fucking Power Rangers. Oh, yeah. I have been to three gigs where metal bands have covered that song. It has never failed to light the audience right the fuck up. Um, Voyager were the best at it. Go check out Voyager. They're fun power metal. All right, final notes. Let's get on with this. I liked how Bart was using Homer's head as a battering ram. Mm. And then Homer was like, boy, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I've liked this line because it reminded me of older dogs that I had in the past. You'll have to save your loving for the couch cushions, boy. (laughs) (laughs) that's dogs for you they're so adorable and stuff but they'll hump things they'll hump things they'll shit on things they'll hump the shit (laughs) I thought comic book guy being stuck in the teacups was a little of a stupid cutaway but then I liked the line of Beauty and the Beast fried dough chateau It does beg the question of how did he get home with a teacup attached to him? <laughs> yeah, you would have thought the Disney bus would have stopped him right. <laughs> and in the Homer story, I did like how he kept changing his third guest. Yeah. yeah, it went from Lenny to Barney and then quickly went to Disco Stew. But I found it weird that Disco Stew didn't have a rhyme there. Sure, it could have been like, Disco Stew won't get in the way of you. Yeah, there we go. I thought it was pretty gross Homer's choking scenes in this episode, choking the dog, and then Dr. Hibbert watching TV and go, so that's why he's got all those broken tracheal bones. Oh well, and then changes channel. Yeah, choking Bart scene only works we never think about the reality of it. And just as time goes on, the reality is just that much more horrible. Yep. And my final note is that Patty and Selma were really off model in the end. Their nose and eyes were just way weird and, like, not right. I don't even remember seeing them. They looked like someone put on the beer goggles. Yeah. You know, that version. <laughs> yeah. Not the, not the full strength beer goggles. You're like, the pants off me. <laughs> yeah. Maybe just the beer goggles that are like three to four beer strength. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm out of notes. It is time to rank this thing. Michael, kick it off. Uh, what's above participant? Bronze. Bronze. Yeah, I'll go bronze. 
Cool. Why are you going bronze today? Because it's like a fun episode in that like it moves along. It doesn't feel mm. like it overstays its welcome. Like that mm. last episode we watched, like that was like just really sluggish pace of just shit going everywhere. <laughs> and like I did not remember a thing from that episode after. But like this episode, I remembered at least some of the gags. It was fun. It could have easily been like a really good episode. Mm. It's just... They just didn't take them. Yeah, they, they just weren't too sure where the, exactly they were going with it as far as the focus. It was a bit all over the place. And, like, there was some potential for heartfelt moments. Yep. All right, cool. Uh, how about you, BT? I'm stuck on, like, a Patissa bronze. However, I I think I had a, a few too many good laughs out of this one to really call it a participant. I think I enjoyed myself just enough, just enough to get it over the line into bronze. So... Yeah, look, it could have been a much better episode with a few minor tweaks. It's kind of a shame we didn't get there, but there's some good chuckles to be had, especially in the beginning. And yeah, the Mr. T stuff is pretty funny. So yeah, I'm pretty, pretty, not a solid bronze for me, but if I could mid-rank it, I would, but I can't, so it's a bronze. Yeah, well, I, I'm here to fill in that gap because I'm going participant with I'm this. I'm glad one of us did. <laughs> yeah, this isn't me affecting the overall rank. This is actually my personal opinion is that I did have a lot of fun with some of these jokes in here, but they're so isolated from the fact that I just, I don't really want to watch this episode again. Like I yep. said before that, you know, in a hangover test, yeah, I'd watch the first third and then the last minutes, but uh, that's not a good episode to me. Mm. Just to me anyway. I totally get what you guys are saying. Because... No, I'm, I'm second guessing myself, but no, I'm going to stick with the bronze. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Like, it's very borderline for me. You've kind of convinced me. I might <laughs> change mine to participant. Yeah, if you want to change it. I can't be the high one. <laughs> you can go participant as well if you like. Yeah. I feel like it needs to be high on the participant rank, so it needs to at least that's be... your rank, man. God damn. No, I'm going to stick with the bronze. I, I would only be changing because I don't don't want to be the high one. <laughs> I'm the high one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's your job. I just get drunk and fall down. So you're sticking, uh, going with participant now, or yeah, sticking yeah. with bronze? Yeah. Or? Nah, participant. Oh, you make right. a really good case, Ellie. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to step on your ranks too much because I absolutely get where the bronze ranking comes from. It just it doesn't quite get up there enough for me personally. But I mean, it's a tricky one to rank. I feel. But ultimately, it'll be a shiny participant all around, which mm -hmm. sounds so right for it. Yeah, which is where it needs to be, I think. Uh, this will be joining other such episodes as Homer vs. Dignity, Homer's Paternity Coot, which we reviewed a little while ago, The Scorpion's Tale, which we did recently with Jordan, with yeah. Werner Herzog. See, I enjoyed this one more than that one, so... Yeah, but I think I was the only one that enjoyed that one. You guys were like, ah, fuck you. And I was like, no, fuck you. And then <laughs> you're like, no, no, fuck you. <laughs> the Bob Next Door, where they do like the sideshow Bob face-off thing. Marge Gamer, where she gets addicted to WoW. And regarding Margie, where she gets amnesia. I put this roughly on par with Marge Gamer, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that, cause that was another episode where the story was fucked up, but there are a lot of good gags in it. Mm. And especially for uh, elite gamers like us. Yes. Oh, so very elite with threes. <laughs> yeah, not that I've ever played WoW for more than an hour, I think. Never touched it because I will become immediately addicted and you will not see me anymore. Oh, yeah. Mm. I've always said, if video games are drugs, WoW is heroin. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Like for a while, they were rumored to be doing a world of StarCraft. I'm like, if that, if that comes out, I'd be I, that's where I would be right now in my parents' basement. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the end of me. So thank God they never released it. Double the weight, quadruple the acne. <laughs> At least I need to gain the weight to support the acne. <laughs> 
Is the sheer surface area required? <laughs> I mean, I say all that now, but like, I am totally hooked on like Splatoon and Overwatch, and, oh, and Splatoon's that's good. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I can't get that. enough of Splatoon. How about you? What are the your addicting games? What are you uh, what am I playing now? Probably uh, Zelda was very addictive when that mm-hmm. came out on Switch. That was a really fun game. Just a massive game. Yeah. Yeah. So much to do in it. So much f- stuff to find and in just, that. Just the number of things you didn't know worked until you tried them. Oh, yeah. Like, like using the environment and yeah. stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I think we both saw that gif of someone like throwing the boomerang and then catching it with the magnesis. And so it hovers there like a spinning blade. It's like... I didn't even know you could... Do- I played this for like 120 hours. I didn't wow. know you could do that. that. That's how I felt with the shield surfing. I just yeah. button mashed and then <laughs> I was like, like oh, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I proceeded to go through all my shields after I discovered that. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, it's really cool when you can get the shield surfing off a cliff and then you get the paragliding and you're paragliding with the shield on your feet. You're mm. like, shaka bra. Shaka bra. How about you, BT? You're gaming much at the moment? I, I don't know where the time is. I can't find it anymore. Did a bit of laboing. Did a bit of laboing. That was fun. I played a lot of Shadow of the Colossus on the re-re-remaster. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I wanted to finish the stuff I never got to finish for. Yeah, I'd play that, but, like... I was like right into Splatoon and then God of War came along and that's like a very similar game. So Yeah, Shadow was a very slow pacing game. So you got to be in the mood to be contemplative. <laughs> contemplative. Uh, no, for me, it's going to be Bioshocks forever. I, just, I probably played Bioshock more times through than anything else. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome. All right. Now we are going all the way back to the classic era with our next episode. We are going into season four's The Front. The most vaguely named episode ever. The front of what? Dogtown. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully not. All right, guys. We'll be back. With the front. And we are back. And we just watched our classic and final episode for the evening's recording. This was Season 4, Episode 19, The Front. This was first released in April of 93, directed by Rich Moore, written by Adam I. Lapidus in his only Simpsons credit. He wrote for, like, a lot of Disney children's shows, like Sweet Life of Zack and Cody and stuff. Wow, are we sure he's not two children posing as an adult? (laughs) (laughs) And that's why he only has one Simpsons credit. You know, actually, the inspiration for this episode came from an actual real-world event where kids wrote in to Tiny Tunes and pitched them an episode. And Steven Spielberg himself lo- uh, loved it so much that he brought them in and developed it with the writers. Wow, cool. Of Tiny Tunes, yeah. Way to go, Spielberg, and embracing the fans. Yeah. Giving the kids a chance. He has these weird non-movie projects like yeah. Tiny Tunes, like that. A couple of video game credits to his production. Yeah, yeah Boom Blocks, which was like one of my most favorite Wii games, especially like for a party atmosphere. Yep. Like seriously, if y'all out there have got a Wii and it's gathering dust, seriously, get Boom Blocks. It's going to be like 10 bucks a, a video game shop. It is so much fun. And also No More Heroes. Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't think Spielberg had anything to do with that, but it's really good. It's a good game a lot of people didn't pay attention to. But anyway, back to this episode. In this episode, this is the one where Bart and Lisa come up with an itchy and scratchy cartoon, but they send it in to Roger Mize, who rejects it because they're kids. So they send the script in with Grandpa's name to great success. Grandpa becomes a member of the itchy and scratchy writing staff and then becomes the sole member of the itchy and scratchy writing staff. And also in the B story... Homer, it's revealed that he never got his high school uh, certificate, whatever they call it, over in the States. So he goes back to night school and takes remedial science again. Guys, what did you think? I believe it's called a GDP. 
GDP. Yep. Grade school diploma. GSP. All right. I don't know what I'm talking about. GED. That's it. Yeah. The GED. (laughs) Yeah. What'd you think? Ah, such a classic, man. Yeah, great episode. Yeah, I love the grandpa focus in this. Yeah. There were just so many great little grandpa moments. They really kind of flow in nicely as well. It's like, why did you think you were getting a check for doing absolutely nothing? Eh, thought the Democrats <laughs> were in power. <laughs> I've got a job and all I have to do is tell the cat and mouse what to do. Really? Mm. <laughs> oh, man, so good. Yeah, this is top shelf grandpa. First off, what is a moment from the story that stood out to you for better or worse? We'll start with you, BT. I want to go with something that I think was cut from our televised syndication on mm. network television Australia where Lisa's right writing the uh, Inchy and Scratchy episode and Itchy cuts Scratchy's head off with a razor and then uh, that's where it cut on Channel 10 but he actually kicks the head off and then dances the Mexican hat around it mm. around the fountain of blood. So, yeah, out of the blood that's spewing from the spinal cord. Yep, I'm certain that was cut from network television. Yeah, I felt like I would have remembered that. I like a good Mexican hat dance well, song I, gag. I always remember thinking, oh geez, Lisa's episode's a bit crap. He just cuts off his head and that's it. And yeah. then I, this explains, no, there was actually more to it. Yeah, it's funny that like what the censors chose to cut from Australian broadcast, mostly yeah. to do with itchy and scratchy cartoons. A lot of their mm. stuff, yeah. Yeah, like the episode where they go to itchy and scratchy land, Like I think there was a, like a good minute and a half out of that episode that was cut for Australian syndication. Have we done that yet? No, no, I'm saving that till like very last where we've got to earn that shit. All right, cool. <laughs> Even itchy and scratchy the movie, I'm not quite ready for us to do yet. Um, fair, fair classic episodes michael what about you what's a moment from this episode that stood out to you for better or worse oh i mean like a favorite for me has always been the scene where where homer thinks about like what abe has just told him about yeah. oh you know yeah hey baby eight hundred dollars to yeah. a cat and a mouse what to do and just seeing him push a wheelbarrow <laughs> abe in a wheelbarrow and he's like la, 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 la. and it's got yeah. nut house <laughs> in big letters that's as uh, far as his imagination can go <laughs> Uh, that's always been a favourite of mine and my mum's as well. Yeah. What else have I got? Oh, just the whole, like, the way the cartoon writers are presented, like, mm. the way Lisa's just like, cartoons have writers, and, <laughs> yeah. and how they're just all fucking around in this big room and just giving off this mm-hmm. sort of feeling that they just... They yeah, don't, they don't take their job seriously, and they just except for the one Harvard guy. <laughs> yeah, except for the Harvard guy. Fair Harvard. Oh, I- oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the writers' rooms like messy, and mm. they're like doing that game where you throw pencils up in the roof and it sticks in the roof. Yep. Yeah. Did you guys have those rooms at your school? I know we we did. Oh yeah, we did. There was always <laughs> a whole bunch of pencils up there. <laughs> you guys had roofs? <laughs> Were you private school or something? Oh come on. <laughs> your high school was way nicer than mine. <laughs> we had two walls, we made do, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, this uh, episode had so many classic moments and an unusual amount of thought fantasy bubble moments, I thought, which yeah. stood out to mm-hmm. me. At the moment at the start with Lisa goes, oh, us writing a kid's show, Bart, are you thinking what I'm thinking? <laughs> no. <laughs> Keep holding up Santa. <laughs> I liked that one and I liked Grandpa's fantasy of him being a queen of the Old West. <laughs> yeah. I kept a six-shooter in my garter belt, I did. <laughs> so random. I know, but I know that feeling of his, not of wanting to be a queen of the Old West, but of really just wanting to get back into a dream because it was like, so good. Like that, I want to know how that ends. <laughs> oh, I can't get back to it. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. The uh, future flash forward to Homer for uh, the 50th yes. year reunion, and he's still got a plunger on his head. <laughs> so this was good because that's how the episode started. That's how it <laughs> yeah, ended. Little bookend. 
Yeah, little plunger bookend. As <laughs> <laughs> he tries to pull it off and just takes the, the stick out. Like, oh, <laughs> that has happened to me, like while plunging a toilet. <laughs> I was about to say that's happened to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but not on your head. No, it's even worse because then I had to put my hand in a bowl full of shit. <laughs> oh, wow, that is worse. Yes, much worse. <laughs> Get proper proper plungers, you know, don't cheap out on your plungers, people. You proper gotta, plungers, people. Too many lives have been lost. <laughs> um, we, we just got a new tongue twister of proper, proper plungers, people. <laughs> Plunge so, properly. Uh, uh, keep it simple. Proper plungers, people. So, play count. How many times before tonight have you seen this episode? Oh, man, I, probably in the 10, 15, around there somewhere. Yeah, sure. How about you, BT? Proper plungers uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hang on i shouldn't be doing it in the middle of this but i am so. hey you know you're not going to remember until i put the episode up and uh, make... then i'll be driving and i shouldn't drive and tongue twist yes it's much better to podcast and text than text and drive yep um just a whole bunch of times like it was yeah very high syndication back in the day so i've definitely seen it 40. Yeah, I'd say this is up there for me. I associate it more with the syndication rewatches more than mm. the going out of my way watching it myself. But yeah, season four is an absolute classic. So what about some of the wacky moments of this episode? What were some of the more cartoony moments that stand out to you? Well, crusty with the nicotine patches. <laughs> yeah, uh, Just going ape shit yep. with that. And yeah, just putting I think it all more space over on my butt. <laughs> yeah, and getting Sideshow Mill to put it on his butt in front of a whole... <laughs> group of children yeah. on the show that's pretty messed up like i can uh, relate like doing the nicotine patches does make you insane it did for me anyway like i don't know you're not much of a smoker at all beach nope. did you ever smoke do you smoke no my brother's going through the nicotine patches right now so uh, i'm a bit worried about yeah. what to expect well yeah because i i did them when i was trying to quit once and like i didn't ever satisfy my nicotine craving it just made me emotional as fuck and like i'm a pretty like middle person like mm, yeah <laughs> and yeah seeing me like go through wild mood swings like yeah my friends at uh uni were literally like dude here's a cigarette fucking knock it off <laughs> like you knock it off <laughs> um so yeah so other wacky elements homer it's time to tell her the secret from your past marge <laughs> i ate those fancy soaps you bought for the bathroom oh my god i made the other one uh, Marge, I never graduated high school. <laughs> well, that doesn't explain about the soap. Oh, maybe it does. <laughs> <laughs> I love the answer. Just, maybe it does. <laughs> and then later on, that Marge, X nay on the high school A. What'd you say? <laughs> I don't know. I failed Latin as well. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah, and that ties back into the earlier call of X nay on the UJ. Oh, mm. yeah, yeah, from Krusty. Yeah, that's interesting that we just did the episode of his bar mitzvah, and this one started out with him being ashamed of his Jewish pe- mm. uh, heritage. Yeah, when when did that first come up? Like, is that just the episode where he reunites with his father, the first episode we really learned that? Or is it before then? Yeah, I'd say it is. Because, yeah. like, in that episode that we watched with you, Michael, last yeah. time you were on, yeah, they really make a big deal of, like, oh, Krusty must be Jewish. Yeah, what, what season was that, though? Three, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I guess that's probably the first time it comes up. All right. Yeah, mm. so, uh, interesting way to start out the episode. The other wacky thing I want to point out is the reused background gag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where, yeah, they're walking through the animation wing and they're making a point of, oh, they just reuse the backgrounds and it's just cycling the woman mopping in the water cooler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of those great things where they, 
could have got away with it if it was just the wall and the water cooler yeah. that they had to put the woman mopping in yeah. just to really yeah. drive that home. <laughs> They've done stuff like that too before yeah. as well, like where they'd have Homer in the foreground yeah. and also in the background and they're talking about the animation yeah. and stuff like that. Well, yeah, that's uh, it. It's even in this episode where uh, he gets the guy gets the, the, the little desk triangle label name thing. I don't know what you call that. Yeah, what that, is that? That heavy called? triangular thing that has the name of whose desk it is on it. Just he gets that thrown at him, and that's a repeat yeah. of anim- animation. Yeah. Editing Bay Elliot J here to say that they're just called nameplates. It's pretty disappointing, actually. Anyway, back to the show. Yeah, so both these things bring up a good point, which is yeah, in my research for this episode, I found that. Yeah, they really padded for time. This episode came up like a minute and a half short in their final edit. So, yeah, which is surprising because it feels very complete. Nothing yeah. feels rushed mm. or like glossed over or anything. I'd actually say that Homer's story feels a bit rushed. Maybe a bit. I guess, yeah, it's just such a comforting food kind of thing that I don't mm. want to fault it. It is like a B story. Yeah, it's definitely, it takes about the time of a B story. Yeah. Um, and the appropriate amount of time, and it hits all the points. It's yeah, yeah. It, it is like a fair point that yeah, um, everything feels so solid. It doesn't really feel like they padded so that when they did, it was actually kind of elegant. Yeah, I guess everything was just efficient. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, mm. back when Simpsons used to be efficient. Oh. <laughs> so how about the heart of this episode? Did you guys feel the bumps? Ooh, well, ah. It wasn't high on bumps. I did feel a little, little bit for Homer trying to get his most improved Oda trophy back. <laughs> I mean, we've all been there, so that's very relatable. <laughs> Definitely. He is crushed. Oh, yeah. To lose that. I All mean, those trophies. Just, no! <laughs> and uh, that donut burning. <laughs> From the blue flame, you can tell it was a particularly sweet donut. <laughs> and that dude just next to him just baffled yet. Like, yeah. But like genuinely comforting. He was like, oh, I know, buddy. But... <laughs> going to be okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's just. I love it because, yeah, he's so scientific and clinical and this is such an emotional thing for him. It's just, <laughs> it's not happening. You're saying this a scientist going, okay, well, from the evidence here, you can determine. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the heart for Bart, Lisa, and their grandpa, did you guys feel that? I mean, like, for Abe, he kind of shows, like, I don't know, he felt guilty being kind of like a fraud. Yeah, so yeah. He, kind he of... just breaks down and yells out, I'm a fraud and a failure, you fight all the other writers. Huh? No, I wasn't paying attention. And now yeah. I've got to go. <laughs> yeah, and like on stage, like he when he finally realizes what Itchy and Scratchy is, he yeah. kind of like, he doesn't compromise his integrity and kind of chooses to speak out about what his name has been attached to. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like a good sort of moment for A, but I mean, it's not like a heart-wrenching sort of... Moment, is it? No, no. It's, it's an integrity heart. Yeah, it's, it's an integrity heart. And the kids recognize that as well. Yeah, they don't say, Grandpa, shut up. We've got a good thing going here. They're like, nah, well, well done, Grandpa. Yeah. We'll never watch another award ceremony again. <laughs> Unless that delightful Billy Crystal is involved. Yeah. Which was a more relevant joke when Billy Crystal hosted all the things back in the 90s. Yep. But these days, who do we have now? Like, no one's as constant as Billy Crystal was. They tend to change it up every year. Yeah. yeah. So ultimately, though, guys, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? 110%. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Like, Homer's adorably dumb, not just irritating dumb. Yeah. Uh, Lisa's ambitious when she gets the idea of writing the episode. Bart's the kind of hyperactive r- kid who's going to be able to write a good episode. Yeah, um, it's where Bart's dare I say, an anarchic streak, yeah. um, has a funnel to, you know, yeah, focus his... Where he and Lisa really work well together because they complement each other's, yeah. other's mm. strengths, yeah. 
She does the righty good and he does the morbid ideas good. The thinky good. Yeah. <laughs> with her book smarts and his ability to exploit people with book smarts. <laughs> yeah, honestly, though, Lisa writes well, Superman writes good. Ah. <laughs> it's been a while. Feels good. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got two memes in there. <laughs> yeah. But look uh, at this graph. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Great, now I've got fucking the Paddle Pop line smiling at this. Because <laughs> they even did uh, one with, like, Dr. Hibbert doing the punch through the <laughs> frame <right>. thing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, Look at this photograph. <laughs> so, yeah, this is feeling like an episode of The Simpsons. This is The Simpsons hitting their absolute stride at this point in the show's run. A lot of people say the true classic seasons are like four to seven, something like that. And, yeah, this is where The Simpsons got it figured uh, out. Yeah, so integrity sure. is just not in question in this one. But yes or no, would you watch this episode again? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why did I sing it like Metallica? I could have done the, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know either, but you went there. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is where I'm going now. Playlist. What other episodes would you put this in for a Simpsons marathon? What kind of themes and playlists would you put uh, this in? The Scratchies and the Itchies. Yep, yep. Classic Itchy and Scratchy episodes, definitely. Yeah, Lisa and Bart working together. Yeah, yeah. You've totally got a Lisa and Bart team up going. Uh, Abe Simpson Weird Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> and Abe Simpson Angry Letters. Yep. Ape Simpson dressing up like a woman in certain <laughs> points. Yeah, put whichever one is... Uh, yeah. Won't you come home? Boom, hold on. There's a few of these. Actually, there's the one where they forget his pills. And he's a- <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> something you should know about me. I've got Stephen Eaty tickets. <laughs> I'm all yours. <laughs> oh, I've got another good playlist. Dondelinger. Dondelinger. Yeah, Mr. Dondelinger, the high school principal. We usually see him in the flashback episodes. It's nice sort of going to a modern day Dondelinger. Mm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, always good to see him. Uh, Homer in high school. That's true. That's true. I can't believe I ate the whole thing. <laughs> Such a good quote. Wish I put that in my high school yearbook. <laughs> but I didn't graduate. We'll put you. We'll put it on your tombstone. Yay! <laughs> you can say Artie Ziff, but also not because this wasn't John Lovitz doing the mm. voice that he usually does. It was actually Dan Castellaneta. Doing a pretty good version though. Yeah, uh, it was like a little bit. L- really a little off brand, but still. Yeah, but yeah. It, it got the snootiness across. Mm. Yeah, but it's interesting, you know, he goes, I bet you give it all up to spend one day with Marge, and then that's a plot point for, like, a season 14, yeah. 15 episode. Yeah. yeah. BT, what would you like to change about this episode? Ooh, wow. Huh. I really don't think there's anything. I think the only thing would maybe be, like, a modernization. There are some things that, yeah, don't age, but you can't really fault an episode for that. It is a product mm. of its time. But things like, yeah, references to Billy Crystal, stuff like that. I'm not calling that a fault. I'm just saying... If for some reason you're updating it for idiotic reasons, <laughs> you would do that. But no, I do not believe I have anything I want to change. How about you, Michael? Is there anything you'd like to change? I don't know. I mean, like, it felt a bit too easy for Homer getting through the whole night class. It didn't really seem like there was much of a struggle there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like his B story was just quick jokes. There wasn't meant to be any conflict or growth there. Yeah. So, which, fair enough. But at the same time, yeah, it would have been interesting to see a bit more dynamic on that one. Yeah. Yeah, or just a few more lessons and, like, him actually participating in class because, really, we had that introductory thing, the donut burning and then the test. There wasn't much there. 
So mm. I'd agree with that. I wish they were, and especially in an episode that ran short, you know, yeah. they had the extra long intro with the freaking uh, circus couch gag. Yeah, there was all the room in the world for them to, yeah, do that. So one thing I do want to bring up that I could possibly change, I don't get that Ren and Stimpy joke. Me neither. Nominees are Ren and Stimpy, season opener, and it just comes up with clip not finished yet. Yeah, I had to look this one up. Look, this is a bit of fact and speculation, so uh, do your own research. I did all the research I want to do on the matter. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> so basically it stems from John Kay, the creator of Ren and Stimpy. He made a slide against The Simpsons and saying something about the a- animation wasn't good and neither was the writing or something along those all lines. Right. So that's what I know. The... Speculation is that this joke is in reference to the fact that he was John Kay was always late on delivering episodes of Ren and Stimpy, mm-hmm. uh, which led to his eventual firing and replacing him as the voice of the titular characters and all that sort of stuff. Ren Stimpy has actually got a very interesting history that has now been marred even further because, yeah, it came out that John Kay was, like, grooming 15-year-old girls while um, the show was in its original production run and... Mm. All right, well, focusing on it as a joke, I get that it's a bit of an industry inside a jab, but it's always stuck out to me of, I don't get it. Yeah. yeah. And especially later or earlier in season four where they have Bart staying with the Big Brother program guy, yeah. and they watch an episode of Ren and Stimpy, and they do like a somewhat accurate parody of it. Like, yeah, this one does stick out as a bit weird. Yeah, so I would change that because I get the writers probably had a good laugh at it, but me as an audience member... That's confused me for 28 years. Yeah. How old am I again? Yeah, that's probably close. Yeah. Well, even then, it's not like the best jab. Ha ha ha, you delivered. You don't deliver your work on time. Yeah. yeah it's just a jab at that one guy. It's yeah. not like a jab at the whole show. Yeah, especially compared to like the early Krusty dialogue where he's like, well, here we are, the star of the Blue Lagoon and me, the blue-haired goon. What? <laughs> That's terrible. I got nothing to work with here. Ah, I'm gone. First of all, my head is great. And I love it in this moment. Oh, guest star for this episode. Just one, and it was the amazing Brooke Shields. And I love in this moment how she's just like the consummate professional. Yeah, just keeping that smile on while Krusty walks off stage and just rips off his girdle. <laughs> Having his <laughs> de-girdling diva moment. <laughs> and yeah, Brooke Shields, she's just plowing on ahead. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> yeah, I thought she did a fantastic job, and she and the animation was really nice on her. She was so sparkly. Oh yeah, yeah. I was in part like, how do they make that sparkle? That works. Mm. Guys, I'm attracted to a cartoon. I've just realised <laughs> <laughs> she sparkled good. <laughs> but yeah, she did a great job in this episode. Musical moments. Uh, yes, we had the singing of Fair Harvard before. Oh, and that's something I forgot to mention about the writing stuff is. A lot of the writers in the episode were modelled off Simpsons writers. I had a hunch, actually, yeah. Yeah, you can see the guy with his gut hanging out, the big moustache. That is just totally John Swartzwelder. And yeah, the guy singing Fair Harvard was based on John Vitti, who, yeah, they were having a dig at for being a Harvard guy. (laughs) (laughs) Wonder how he felt about, because, yeah, we said when he gets the name thing thrown at him a second time, that was clearly... All of that animation was reused. Mm-hmm. So he would have seen the script go from, okay, my doppelganger character gets a thing thrown at him. Oh, and in the revisit, he gets another one. Oh, great. Okay, great. <laughs> mm. um, I don't have many other musical moments listed for this episode. We have a brief appearance of Elvis. Nah, that ain't no good. I love it how that was the bit that wrote itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bart goes, yep, yeah, barbecue sauce, ants, and the rest like just flows naturally. Yep. Yeah. 
Naturally. So Elvis is part of the Itchy and Scratchy universe. Yes. Still alive. (laughs) (laughs) And shooting TVs. (laughs) Michael, do you have any other notes that you'd like to mention before we rank this thing? Oh, I noticed the book that uh, Lisa reads... Uh, yeah, how to get rich writing cartoons it actually says it's by John Schwartzwelder. Uh, yeah, nice. <laughs> how the f- yeah Schwartzwelder. Yeah, Just good old Schwartzy Schwartz. Yeah, I've heard Schwartz. I've heard Swartz. I think it's it's spelt Swartz. So yeah, be Schwartz. Yeah. Schwartz. Swartz. How'd you take off your underwear with <laughs> taking off your pants? Yeah, let's talk about the wackiness. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know how many times like I've riffed this bit with people, mm. and and I remember even back in the day, like going through pausing the animation on the VHS, like step by step. How, how did he do it? <laughs> like, how did they even animate that? And now I know where Ben Stiller got it. Yeah, for I was Zoolander. about to say, what from? Pulls a Hansel. Yeah. What? Is Zoolander. It? Zoolander. Zoolander. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. Um, on the walk off. I've only seen Zoolander five times. I know everyone else has seen it 50 times. It's all Simpsons, no Zoolanders. (laughs) (laughs) Any other notes? When Marge and Homer are dancing at the high school reunion, there's a nice little throwback to their flashback episode where yes. so like they do the hustle and they do it exactly the same as, as uh, in yeah. the flashback episode. And they do the little butt bump and everything. Yeah, yeah mm. it's really cute. Yeah, uh, and aside from the visual reference to that episode, I like just watching them have a good time. Mm. Yeah, it's always nice kinda, to kinda see. Sweet, yeah. Especially we don't get to see it very often. Yeah, and usually when we see them in an episode alone it's because they're having problems, but here it's it's nice to just see them have a good time. Yeah. Definitely. I've got a Abe got Lisa to call an escort service. I never, <laughs> yeah, I never remembered this joke. <laughs> this went over my head. Yeah. <laughs> I like that they said their insurance wouldn't cover you. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how he's so he's so like open about it. Like, hey, do you, do you call the escort service, Lisa? <laughs> Is that uh, woman going to come over and fuck me? And it's like, I, she's not. What? Well, that's an onion in the ointment. <laughs> I kind of feel like he was legitimately just looking for someone to escort him to the awards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the innocence I got it. Yeah. Like his response was a little too dang, not, oh, well, never mind what she does for a living, sweetie. Yeah. That would have been horrible. Can you imagine, like, Lisa on the phone and, like, the shit they'd be saying? Like, oh, yeah, we can charge about 120 for this service. And it's like, did you guys ever hear the old Martin Malloy bit where uh, yes. one of them called up as like a really, really old guy and they called up like a phone sex line? Yeah. <laughs> well, it says in your ad here that we'll do anything for you. So I've got some hedges up back yeah. that need trimming. <laughs> <laughs> and it says, we'll bend over backwards for you. And the girl's like, yes. He's like, well, I need you to get underneath the car because it's got a really... <laughs> And she completely buys it. It's, like, oh, it's actually a little heartwarming. She's like, you've made my day. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, it's a really good bit. It's surprising how much Martin Malloy yeah. comes up on the show. She's just ah, oh, you know, we just talk, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any other notes? Just that, like that zoom in on Abe as he sees the itchy and scratchy cartoon, yeah. like yeah, uh, the, the shock horror moment. Yeah, the blurred background. Like I, I don't think I really recall seeing anything like that in those old school episodes. So that was a nice little change of style. Yeah, absolutely, because you got the like the double zoom thing going on where like the camera tracks in as the zoom is uh, tracking out, so it's like moving the background and foreground away from each other. It's yeah, really cool device, and yeah, you don't see that in an animation. That's like a real mm. filming technique. Yeah, they use mm. it occasionally, but yeah, definitely 
only rarely and to good effect. Definitely. All right, BT, how about you? What are your final notes? Well, put my name first. No, mine. Okay, well, one way to decide this, a race around the world. The queen herself will drop the chicken flag. <laughs> and yeah, the rock, paper, scissors bit that follows. Good old predictable butt always picks rock. Good old rock. <laughs> Nothing beats that. <laughs> Because of the optimism with which he says that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've just always thought about that in rock, paper, scissors. And I think because of this, I avoid rock when I throw first. Oh, wow. No, yeah. that's, that's actually good because statistically men throw rock the most. So, really? Yep. Uh, I do have a rock book on the official uh, rock, paper, scissors handbook. <laughs> if you want to read it. How big is it's it? It's fascinating. Uh, not, not too big. Like, but like, still, bigger sorry, than you'd think. I'm, I'm holding my fingers maybe two centimeters apart, audience. <laughs> Other notes? When I read your magazine, I don't see one withered face or wrinkled smile. <laughs> For shame to the per- perverts at Modern Bride magazine. Yep. Well, this is a true or false question test. True. Homer, I'm just <laughs> describing the test. True. Just do the test, you'll do fine. False. Yep. And yeah, just that escort pit I wanted to point out. Uh. The Simpsons just keeps on giving. <laughs> somehow really does because as much as i've rewatched episodes over the years like there are some that i just haven't seen for a long while mm. and then yeah those subtle sexy moments just yeah <laughs> right over your head and then you yep. start thinking the implications of yeah lisa calling a fucking escort line <laughs> <laughs> all right it's time for speedy final notes can we have like a thing for like the it's ready for notes uh, whatever whatever i can't remember what i did now and speedy note time they're coming for us Lisa (laughs) notes I like that Bart and Lisa picked like really basic level names for themselves (laughs) I'm going to be Lois Sanborn Steve Bennett (laughs) it's a response to Homer getting a plunger stuck on his head (laughs) they've both already thought about it yeah Yeah. (laughs) I love Grandpa's line as well when Myers approaches him Oh, yeah, that was me. I wrote the Iggy. Yep. <laughs> and he's like, wow, you're so old. Are you sure you're a writer? <laughs> I want my check. You're a writer. <laughs> <laughs> I want another one. <laughs> Homer has a weird rant about happy days in it, <laughs> where he forgot what was real and what was happy days. <laughs> I kind of like that. Just how seriously he takes it as well. They weren't all happy days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he attributed his most weight gained award to finding a meal between breakfast and brunch. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, the second itchy and scratchy gag where he gets stuck in the escalator. I thought that was actually a really clever turn where he's wearing his own fur as a fur. Yeah. Wearer would wear fur. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other cartoons that they had in the award ceremony, Strongdar, which was like a He-Man yep. stand-in. The wedding episode. Yeah. <laughs> An action figure man. <laughs> the how-to-buy action figure man. <laughs> oh, me, I want it. <laughs> so good. It's, it's actually kind of weird how they drop into that, like, 50s-looking animation yeah. for it. Mm. Like, the characters uh, looked like they were from the intro to Bewitched. Well, it's very G.I. Joe, so... Ah, uh, that's what they were going for. Yep. Kids, cross my fingers for me. <laughs> Ooh, that'll be sore come winter. <laughs> and my final note, and I can't believe we actually managed to have this at the end when it takes place in the episode... Hens love roosters, geese, geese love ganders, because everyone else loves Ned Flanders. I never noticed that the second line is, everyone who counts loves Ned yeah. Flanders. Yeah. did you never notice that? I just heard it as everyone else. Oh. And yeah, that is such a cute little bit, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Always a favourite of mine. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just... It is a Christian's idea of a sketch show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has to have something to do with church, and it's got to be ultra wholesome. <laughs> yep. Welcome to Hillsong TV. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so this bit actually... 
inspired 22 short films so doing this they had a lot of fun with it they loved sort of giving ned flanders his own theme song in this moment Mm. and giving him a little sketch so yeah from this until season seven when they did 22 short films they were always trying to figure out how to do more of these sketches in episodes but of course all their episodes Mm. ran long so they never had the time to do it except that one time they put in cletus the slack-jawed yokel that was in 22 short films well, shut up. <laughs> How about you take a big pile of shut up? <laughs> and they also did it again in a uh, HD episode where they did Everyone Hates Hans Molman. Or... That was stupid as fuck, though. Uh, it was such a bad revisiting. Have you seen that? No. It's so... I don't think I want to. <laughs> no, it's not good. No. It's, uh, yeah. Why did I leave it on the bad note? Always end on the good things. Uh, I was, I was going to say, one thing that like really came out of nowhere as well in this episode was the uh, dead wife joke about Dondelinger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was really fucking dark. Like, Dondelinger says yeah. how like his wife yeah. passed away and he's doing the, the night classes to yeah. like get over that. And, uh, no, I feel <laughs> like the follow-up of, is this going to be on the test? No. Yeah. No, it just rubs it out. <laughs> rubs out dead, dead wife. <laughs> and it covers the whole fucking page. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Homer, it's a wonder you passed. <laughs> but it's no wonder you came to hey, you. He was trying so hard, he immediately started taking notes as soon as the teacher walked in. <laughs> yeah, so. That's true. Show respect it. Yeah. yeah, respect and growth from Homer. All right, guys, for the last time tonight, it is time to rank something. Something. This thing particularly. Oh. BT kicks yeah, it off this time. Say, it's, it's clearly mm-hmm. me. Ah, oh, man, I am split. I'm on a gold zirconia at this point because it is tightly funny and very efficient. And once again, I swear I picked up things I never picked up before, that escort service joke mm. after all these years. In the downsides, however, you've kind of got a point on the B-plot. Really could have used a bit more, and I'm kind of surprised in an episode that was running short, they didn't put a little bit extra in there. It is, however, just so very iconic, and I'm going to have a lot of trouble... Yeah, I'm going to give it the cubic zirconia. Ooh. I'm kind of surprised, I f- but that's where my guts say. So uh, I'm yeah. following the guts because I think there's just something about this that is just so iconic. All right, cool. Michael, your turn. Yeah, I'm going to go silver with this one because as much as I do love this episode, as I said, like the B plot is a bit, yeah, like it's a, it's a couple strokes away from like a perfect, yeah, perfect run. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of good funny jokes, but uh. It just has an overall aura for you of a silver? Yeah, silver. I mean, it's from a class. It's from the golden era of The Simpsons. It is a funny episode, and everything kind of comes together quite nicely. You got the whole the plunger joke from the start coming back at the end, and that. So it's really well written. Yeah, it's just a couple notches below perfect. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm saying gold, because. It is a couple of notches below perfect, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think, yeah, my only real criticism is that B story and the whole sort of aura of the episode. It didn't make me come away from it thinking that it was an essential, but yeah, I've got to say it was excellent. Mm. I wouldn't go down so far as saying it was great, like, because I don't think it did enough wrong to get that low, for me personally anyway, but yeah, it's just, it's scraping just below the extra Mm. high notes for me. I I think for me it was... Even though that B story could have used more, I, I really like what's there. Yeah. Like, I got the laughs out, and I appreciate it was there to be a laugh B story, not a plot. Well, locking that in, and this will average out into being a gold, so I'm right. And <laughs> this will be joining another gold episode that got cubic gold gold silver ranking, which was Bart's girlfriend from season six, the mm-hmm. Jessica Lovejoy episode. I believe I was cubic on that as well. Yeah, you were. Yeah. 
Yeah. And other golds that will be joining is Deep Space Homer, Bart's in a Child where the Do What You Feel Festival, Bart on the Road with the Wad Fur, <laughs> Wizard of Evergreen Terrace, the Thomas Edison episode, Lisa the Tree Hugger where she meets the level five vegan that won't eat anything and casts a shadow, <laughs> uh, Dancing Homer, Itchy and Scratchy and Marge, another, another episode with the Iggy, and Principal Charming where Seymour Skinner falls in love with Patty. <laughs> Yeah. All right, guys. Well, yeah, that about does it for episode 84 of The Simpsons Index. Thank you for joining me in the SideQuest studios. Before we go, what have you been enjoying lately? Do you want to plug something for yourself or someone else? Uh, start with you, Michael. What, uh, what would you like to plug for the people out there today? Yeah, sure. If you enjoyed listening to me, you can check me out on the Oz Culture podcast. And uh, we just recently released an episode talking about the Avengers Infinity War. We did a review on that. Yeah. And our next episode, we're going to be talking about Far Cry 5 and oh, nice. talking about A Quiet Place one of the sleeper hits of the year yeah I really wanted to see that and I think I've missed and I'm pissed yeah, oh shit yeah really I've actually good. got a double pass to go see that oh, yeah. for free I got the weekend off let's, let's yeah it's top film oh yeah. you guys have, you've seen it already I haven't seen it my mate Sam that does the review for that episode has but yeah. I really do want to see it because uh, I've heard a lot of great things about it you know, the most I heard about it was a thing on Twitter where all the people were like sharing their, oh God, um, I've picked a way too loud snack for this movie. Because <laughs> yeah, as he is intentionally shot super quiet. And one person was like, why did I have to buy the crispy M&Ms? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should have a silent snack section for the, yeah, the dramas. At least a warning. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so Oz Culture Podcast, check that out. BT, anything you'd like to plug? Just been watching Broadchurch Season 3. That's going well so far. Oh, yeah? I also watched Murder on the Orient Express. I did not care for it. Oh, really? <laughs> it's not That's like it's not one bad. of those it's just like not... AFI top movies, isn't it? No, no, no. Like the uh, new version that came out oh. like last year, I think. Fuck, really? There's so many reboots lately that that one got me by. Yeah, well, I got a lot of hype because like, it's one of those everybody is in this movie kind of things, and then it was okay-ish. Yeah. But, uh, well, you know, if you like Daisy Ridley, check it out. She's good in it. All right, guys. And that about does it for episode 84 of The Simpsons Index. That's been Michael Pishinari. Thank you for having me. And that's been BT Calloway. Is that a plunger on your head? <laughs> <laughs> and I've been Homer Jason. Wait, no. I've been Elliot J. O'Neill. And that's all the mustard in the house. Most Improved Podcast Award. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Simpsons Index Podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash thesimpsonsindex or at simpsonsindex on Twitter. And now please stay tuned for the bonus scenes. It's going to get a little bit down, just a touch. Everyone's very loud and clear, which is good. Down in your uh, ear? How's yeah, there? Yeah, there we go. There we are. That's the sweetest spot. Indeed. Whoa. Oh, the sweetest spot. I love hate that song. Yeah. I love hate you too. Yeah, man. Right back at you. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Elliot Joe O'Neill about it now that he's making fun of himself. <laughs> oh, great. Here's another one of their bloody podcasts. Bloody podcast. Bunch of <sighs> wankers sitting around thinking that people give a shit about what they say. <laughs> and we're back with our shitty opinions. <laughs> I'm Elliot J. Dork. <laughs> Hello, Dork. I'm Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, warming up, getting animated. Mm. 
Animation. Yep, getting all uh, revved up, riled up, getting some loosening yeah. the podcast muscles. <clears throat> Proper la 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 la. <laughs> Proper podcast pontification. Play. <laughs> Five fickle ferrets <laughs> farting ferretly. Sixty-sixth <laughs> swizzle stick. Sixty-sixth swizzle stick. Hafafen noibi noibi hafafen. Seven sexy sisters sailing for sunken salvage. Ooh. I'd watch that movie. <laughs> Damn straight. Wait, isn't that Ocean's 8? <laughs> I mean, we're, we're gonna... Seven sisters sailing like Ocean's 8, right? We'll have to wait and see. It's not out yet. Oh, it's the prequel because it's seven. Yeah. Yeah. Eight. Like I said, it's going to go <laughs> 11, 12, 13, 8. This is how we count in the modern age. Well, yeah. I mean, Star Wars counting. Four, yeah. five, six, one, two, three, seven. <laughs> Eight. No, seven, uh, Rogue One. There's a Rogue One in amongst there. <laughs> and now Han Solo. Eight, yeah. and then Solo. And then back to one for a Solo. <laughs> <laughs> seven, one, eight, one. one. And then Obi-Wan Kenobi will be the next spin-off ah, movie. Ah. <laughs> Either of you guys see Mario shaved this week? No? What, what's oh. up? <laughs> this is worth a diversion. It sounded like a, a bit naughty. Yeah. It's very naughty. <laughs> Mario Brazilian wax. <laughs> this isn't going to ruin Mario games. Let's just say that uh, Peach doesn't have as much fuzz anymore. Oh, <laughs> 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 what? No. Oh. No, stop it. They even took his eyebrows. Stop it. <laughs> He's not Italian at all. He's got alopecia or something. <laughs> Looks a bit like Villager now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I want to go with something that I think was cut from our televised syncopation, which is uh, when Lisa's syndication. Right... What did I say? Syncopation. Ah, all right. I said syncopation earlier. Now it's on my brain. Let me say that again. Oh, did I tell you um, Kate Bakuchi got back to my reply? What? Her uh, her clowning name was Silly Jilly. That is adorable. I should have waited until you didn't have a mouthful of Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to squee and drink at the same time. <laughs> squee? Yeah. Of course you were silly, Jilly. <laughs> yep. You mentioned the wad fur. Yeah. And I had that uh, Guns N' Roses bit that I wrote a while ago. What's that? Now, let me see if I can do a decent Axl Rose. <clears throat> Welcome to the wad fur. We got wigs for days. We got everything you want if you listen to Triple A. We got the people that you find parked under the sun sphere. You can come to Knoxville even if it's the wrong year. In the world for welcome to the world for free money. I don't know the rest. No, 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 wigs. Wigs. You gotta buy some wigs. Listen to Algar scream. You are hearing me talk. Dan, <laughs> <laughs> 